by the time you hear this podcast, cocaine will get you clout. What up, London? You know what the hustle is about to happen. Woke up, I had the same clothes on I had on last night. What? What? The cash is just like the clothes I wore yesterday. We are broke. Damn. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 145. Uh, I don't know the significance of that one. I can't drive 45. I'm kidding. That's, That's totally 55. the wrong number. Totally the wrong number. <laughs> um, but thank- shout out to Sammy Hagar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> In case he hears, you never know. <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone who's listened so far and downloaded and yes. watched the stream. Yes, all yes, thank twelve you. of you. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we do have a guest, and I'm going to bring him up on the screen shortly. He's been here before, but it's it's been a while. Has well. it? It all flows together for me sometimes. Uh, you may have last heard him on our episode about hustle and flow. Yeah, and uh, he's here in the <laughs> studio with us this time. <laughs> That was great. Because I laugh at his impression. <laughs> <laughs> it was an incredible impression of Terrence Howard. <laughs> okay. That's great. All right. <clears throat> we have <clears throat> Eric in the building. What's going on, man? What is up? It's good to be back. It's always good to be here, and it's been good to be shown love by you guys consistently. Thanks for coming on. It's always a, it's always a blast. <laughs> now I get that. It was so like... Scared sounding and Aryan, man. <laughs> you gotta, it's gotta be shaky. And, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we definitely appreciate uh, have you on. Um, and uh, for those who don't know, because this, this is your first time as far as us on the Twitch stream, uh, but uh, I would say that Eric is a lot better at us, better than us at this Bye. Twitch thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, tell us about your your channel and all the all the stuff you're doing with it. How much time do you have? <laughs> Fifteen seconds. Oh right, right. <laughs> so I do a YouTube channel called Streamer School, in which I teach people how to create live content, not to get 
like the most money in the world, but to the best of their ability and create a product that they're proud of. YouTube.com slash streamer school. Dope. That's it. All right. So check that out. And, um, uh, well, plug your, plug your Twitch channel. As All well. right. Streamer school exists because I need a way for people to find my Twitch channel. Blatant. <laughs> Blatant. That is the reason <laughs> it exists. Um, and I also like helping people there with their whole Twitch thing too. So, on my Twitch channel, which is called The Eric V, that's T-H-E-E-E-R-I-C-V, just the letter <laughs> itself. I play multiple video games on PS5, Xbox Series X, Nintendo Switch, PC, all that. And we just really have good conversations. It's not really about the gameplay itself. Like, the gameplay exists, mm-hmm. but it's my co-host. It's something to just keep you distracted, fill the dead air a little bit. But really, we just talk about whatever. Yeah. Um, I think the great thing about that, it reminds me, I was... Uh, talking to a woman not too long or a girl uh someone of interest and she was like you don't you don't seem like a gamer oh man (laughs) i'm like what's that i knew what it meant but i'm like what's it mean i was like you're you're trying to say like i'm I'm well kept i guess right your mom's basement yeah yeah you just have this like caricature in your head or whatever but it's um you know that and of course uh the podcast dead in gaming Mm -hmm. it all of that shows that gamers are more than just that cartoon image you have in your head it's just we're just people, just yeah. like people who are fans of movies, people who are fans of music. It's just a different type of medium. Yeah, that's all encompassing. All right, cool. Uh, that was more than fifteen seconds. It no, was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, We're gonna I gave you the YouTube. I gave you the YouTube in like eight. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it's cool. Um, so um, a lot has. Um, well, well, before we go, what what what? what oh you, yeah, 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 yeah. What you been playing? We, lately? we wanted to. We, we try to add, we wanted to ask something like that. Yeah. Ben wanted to ask as far as what video games you're playing and also what music you're listening to because mm-hmm. I know a lot of some streams like they just they play music instead or mm-hmm. along with you know so you're not just hearing the game sounds or or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. When I um when I play, I'm I'm just playing the game. Sometimes I listen to like video game music in the background, but mm-hmm. most of the time it's just games. Um, my <laughs> most I don't know. The, the game I have the most fun playing right now is Apex Legends, which is okay. A, which I heard you talk about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a battle royale game. It's been out for two years now. It's free. It's mm-hmm. a cross play, so it's very accessible. So if there's like any friend who has damn near any device, because they're coming to mobile now too. Oh wow. Okay. Um, it's just like, oh, you got Apex? No. All right, go get it. It's free. <laughs> and then we all play it together, and we just again just have regular conversations while attempting to murder people and most of the time we fail at it but it's always just a good ass time question with it like mm-hmm. how has it changed for you or what what is your opinion of like the games that you can play from play against other people from any device i feel like that's changed that has that changed or is it just well it's more people to play that was always my dream but i mean that, same here yeah. and that's pretty much what it is it's just my dream it's just like i have all the consoles like i just named or whatever but we're no longer limited by somebody being cheap or broke or whatever. It's just like, all right, just get you got to, just get the game. And um, as far as like gameplay goes, there is a big gap between PC and console players. Like if you're playing against somebody who can click on your head for a headshot, it's just like mm. you're gonna feel fun. that gap. That's not fine. But that only happens if you're <laughs> that only happens if you have a PC partner on your team. Yeah. But other than that, like if they're on a Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever, like. It's all pretty much the same playing field, and it's um it's a beautiful thing, man. Like we're it finally is. getting there. 
Yeah. But um, I've also been playing Outriders a little bit. The game's not that great. Um, really? Yeah. I, there was so much hype around that game. I think because they released a demo. They released a demo, so mm. a lot of people, again, had access yeah. to it. That changes a lot of things. And also, that game is cross-play as well. And yeah. I haven't really played that with, you know, really close friends to have mm-hmm. these cool conversations. Maybe that'll change my outlook of it. But um, I'm very, like, emotionless blank slate as I play it. It's like, oh, you're a, you're a superhero. You know, you got guns. And it's mm-hmm. like... I'm, yeah, I'm supposed to feel a little bit more badass. A little bit by some of the games I've played so far on PS5. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I spent all this money. Let's try to, you know, get some games. There's been a lot of sales. And, like, I keep finding myself coming back to 2K because, <laughs> like, I started, like, I started the game Control. I yeah. like the gameplay, but I kind of got bored with the story. <laughs> you know, <sighs> Control is one of my, it became one of my favorite games. For real? Yeah, I just started playing it in this new generation. Mm-hmm. I played it on Xbox, and then the Ultimate Edition came out on PS5 for yeah. uh, free or whatever. Yeah, I, it was it was this one specific part, and you're probably not there. It took me some time to get there. I still have no clue what's going on in the story. It, but it, Thank you. Okay, the thought is just no, me. It's no, it's not just you. It's, it's like when I get to a certain point, it's it's called the Ashtray Maze. Like when you see the name Ashtray Maze, if you like continue to play it, do whatever you can to get to that Ashtray Maze so you can experience like one of the best gaming experiences of your life. Okay, maybe I'll re-download it. It is. It <laughs> is there. Yeah, I think you should. It's like, oh, my God. It's it's like I don't know I, I can't I don't want to describe it because yeah. I wanted to be a surprise but it was definitely like holy shit like I think okay. I just fell in love but I was just kind of like passively playing and it was like um you know I'm throwing rocks and stuff yeah and, I mean that's and that got old after a while yeah yeah and it, and it does and um I got lost a lot so navigation was yeah. an issue the map wasn't yeah, good yeah the map is awful <laughs> but once I got into it I got into it I thought it was just me okay yeah no I, feel I, a little I, bit I totally better. get it I feel a little bit better uh. Sorry, I had nothing to do Also, my, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That was, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. day one. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> I was addicted. I love, But I love anything Spider-Man, of right. course. So, I mean. We were just having that conversation. Yeah. yeah so ah, I'm considering re-downloading the first one again and just playing through it again. I did that, yeah. Um, because it's that was that was really good. I never thought I'd be the type of person that said I wish a game was longer, but I wish Miles Morales was mm-hmm, longer. Mm-hmm, heard that By the time I got to the end of it, I was like, oh, yeah. like I was really invested and. Yeah, I mean, you know, Black Spider-Man, you know, that's dope. And it's it's set in Harlem. And it's just, you know, it's, you know, and those are, like I said, those are all the things I like about Spider-Man. Like, when he's in the neighborhood. He's a man of people. Do you think there'll be a live-action version of a film, like, with Miles Morales? I don't know. I mean, so End of the Spider-Verse was very, very good. I was surprised at how good it was. Um, They did so in, I believe it was not Far From Home, but Homecoming. Um, Donald Glover actually plays. It's a kind of an Easter egg, but he yeah. plays Miles Morales's uncle. Um, God, what is his name? I know he's I the he's the Prowler. I know that the, much, yeah, but I can't think of his real name. But it's kind of an Easter egg. There's a scene where um he meets with you know this guy under like a bridge or something, and and that's his you know it's kind of an Easter egg. If you know, you know, you know. So they kind of hinted that he could be in the universe. I think it make a lot of hardcore fans happy. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. Casual fans maybe might not really know. I think they'll they'll get excited either way. Yeah, just like the uh, you know the Bla- the Black Panther effect. Yeah, like not a whole touché, lot of people touché. knew who T'Challa was. Yeah, but it's they like do Spider-Man. now. <laughs> it's like oh, it's Black Spider Man. <laughs> like you know, Miles Morales with uh you know with Into the Spider Verse that that whole trailer made impact. The uh, the mm-hmm. game trailer made impact. So people they didn't know Miles Morales very much, but now the awareness is a lot higher. Mm. So yeah, they would be stupid not to. I think. I I guess the 
the only concern that I could see, I mean, it wouldn't be a concern for me mm-hmm. personally, but going back to the ones with Toby McGuire to when uh, to enter the Spider-Verse, that's like 17 years and six movies. No. Eight seven, movies? Seven or eight, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Because you count the, the, the Sam Raimi ones and then the ones with Andrew Garfield and then the two with... Uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. And, and the, the animated movies. one. <laughs> if you want to include those. How many? The Avengers movies, if you want to include yeah. those. Oh, yeah. well, was he in all... Well, he he's been in... I know, he wasn't War. in the first one, but yeah, he was in Civil War. That was his debut. And... Um, I was so hyped. Infinity <laughs> War. Okay, so that's like 11 movies. Yeah, it's a lot. They're getting their money's worth out of... Over 17, 18 years. Do you think that's like too much? Because two of those... Well, it's what? Three three different... Mm -hmm. Actors playing. Three different actors and three different like universes, if you will. Um, Batman kind of went through the same thing. Not maybe not that many that movies, but it was well, a, it was not, a short not, amount of time. Well, with um, let's see the the because <laughs> if you don't count Adam West, you have Keaton in like what eighty nine? Yeah, eighty nine. And then you and get then ninety one or two. You, you got Clooney and you got um, uh, Val Kilmer. Well, that was the same. Continuity. I know with the first. Yeah, that was more continuous because Keaton in the first two. I mean, you have the same direct, but like. It wasn't technically a reboot, yeah. Until they when they got the Christian Bale, and then it's been rebooted again. I actually, auditioned to play with... him in Forever. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah, he auditioned in Batman Forever. Wow. Imagine Might that, right? Come true. Uh, <laughs> and got then lucky. it's it's been rebooted again with Ben Affleck, but that's more over a twenty-five, almost thirty-year yeah. period. I think if anything, so they're this, not so close together. Yeah, that's true. I think if anything, this proves so. Back when um, they were making the Dark Knight trilogy, there was supposed to be, and I don't know if you checked out that podcast. There was supposed to be a George Miller version of Justice League, and they oh, were the, the get, one you told me about. Yeah, okay. Army I haven't Hammer checked it out yet. It's a, was supposed to play Batman. <laughs> and oh yeah, what did he like? He was 21? like nineteen. He was very young. <laughs> wow. And apparently, Christian Bell and Chris Nolan wanted them to not do it because they're making the, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy. I think they had just made Batman Begins, we're about to make the Dark Knight, and they're like, people might get confused. Yeah. And I think, if anything, with all of these Spider-Man movies coming out within a short period of time, I think that shows that people can separate the two and understand that, like, well, Toby was Spider-Man, now it's Andrew Garfield, and whoever's playing the voice of him, you know, I, I think yeah. people... I think they don't give people enough credit and to even really like the you know. Joker in uh you know you got Jared Leto's Joker and the better one uh Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger uh not Heath Ledger who's Jack the, Nicholson oh no uh, the newer Joaquin one. Phoenix Joaquin Phoenix yeah people yeah they they're kind of like <clears throat> coexisting in a sense yeah. so yeah they'll be so fun. I think it's I think it's okay and they'll be like this one's black you know people don't <laughs> <laughs> something something <laughs> off about it <laughs> with that little Uzi Vert version of the Joker. <laughs> Do you think we could have like the uh, only black (laughs) supervillain that I think we've had is um, Killmonger? Does he count? Sure. I can't think of another one. The only other one they can think of is uh, Michael Hart Duncan in Daredevil. 
but oh. no one likes Daredevil. Oh, when, they re- <laughs> when they made him, I'm just a black Queen. actor playing the villain. I mean, I'm trying to think in because I know there's talk of having a black Superman. Of course, this would be a you know an alternate universe black super you know Superman. But I'm trying to think. And of, it's going to end, and the name at the top is Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. He can't do everything, y'all. Other <laughs> he can't do everything. Universes, though, where there are black villains. And I can't think of, I'm trying to think, other than, I mean, um, God, the guy from Luke Cage. Um, uh, I mean, I Michael guess Cottonmouth oh, was uh, one, but um, the guy from the second season. Not the second season, the guy oh, that ended the first season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, there's not a, I can't think of any major, unless you change the race, you know, like they did with Michael Clark Duncan. Well, they they just changed it. In general, because isn't like wasn't he supposed to be like a short guy, but Michael Clark Duncan's the like oh, yeah, King wasn't he like supposed to be short? No, he's always no, huge. King, King. I thought he was like a, I thought King I thought he was a huge. short, stocky dude. No, he's but they got this giant. six foot six dude, and uh, uh, they got the size right. Yeah, he's he's Kingpin's intended. Okay, <laughs> I, I thought he was short, but no, he's short, but short and powerful. No, he's just powerful. He's just strong. yeah. But okay, I didn't. I didn't. I thought he was written to be like a lot shorter. I would say, if anything, um, Vincent D'Onofrio's um, characterization was actually pretty good. Yeah, like the way he is bald. He's a white guy. He's not like buff, but just big. And it's just like you look at him like, there's no way he's that strong, and then he is. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> he beat you to death with his hands, kind of strong. Like yeah. Um. Uh, well, okay, so we want to ask our, our, our guest, um, and we always ask uh, when I remember to bring it up, <laughs> uh, what music have you been listening to lately? I've been really slacking. Um, oh, no. I, I probably said that last time. Um, for some reason, ever since I hit, I don't want to say the age is like 30 for me, but it, it might have been around 30 where I just got a whole lot less adventurous with what I'm listening to. It happens. It's um cool. Right now, it's just been a lot of Zoe. I've just had Zoe on repeat. He's uh, I have not checked out the the new album yet with Tall Black Guy. I have, um, <laughs> and that's my ear, an earworm. Yes, that's my <laughs> earworm. Uh, not not Tall Black Guy and Zoe, but just Tall Black Guy. Um, it's an instrumental track called "We Rolling for You." Okay, and it's just it's so smooth. Oh my god, I love that song. But um, but yeah, I'm gonna just say Zoe as a whole. Like I've just been listening to a whole lot of Zoe. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I listened to like two songs from from the album, the uh, album. from the Abstractions album, but um, I like what I've heard so far. <laughs> Me too. And um, I need to spin it a little bit more because every time I play it, it's just like, all right, I'm gonna go vacuum now, and then it's like I can barely hear it. Oh yeah, the dishes. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I need to like really like focus and listen to it and vibe out to it. But what I've actually heard has been great. All right. Ben, what have you been listening to? Oh man, um, a lot of newer stuff, new pop. Um, Cause I, you know, like you, Eric, at a certain age, you're just kind of like, oh, I don't want to listen to anything new. But I've been making myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I'm I'm trying to write, record more. And while it is still fun to do stuff that would have came out in the late '90s, or early 2000s, um, at some point I would like people to actually listen to it. Mm-hmm. Understand. <laughs> so I will go out and listen. So I'll check out what's on the Hot 100. Um, still listening to. Um, let me see. I actually need to open up my Tierra. I know she was my earworm last week. I've been listening to her. She's a um, country artist from Alabama. Um, Coheed and Cambria. I don't know why. I just 
it's it's free. Well, not free, but it's paid for. So I'll just pull up Coheed and Cambria, see what you know that sounds like. Um, one of Greg's earworms I was listening to a lot, Jeezy by Lauren Faith, just really good. Um, and then just some this guy I found who I don't necessarily like him. I hope he never hears this. His name's Jordan Davis. He's a country artist. He's so there's you know I, I think I've mentioned before the pop country playlist that Spotify has. Yeah. Like along with Tierra, there's like six of his songs on there, and I've been listening to is them. He and black? no, he he's a white oh. dude, but he could be. I mean, he's the music. I mean, like country music nowadays is extremely like once you kind of get out of the more traditional sounding country, it's essentially just pop influenced music with a twang. They'll throw mm-hmm. a fiddle in there. They'll throw a slide guitar in there every now and then, but essentially, like it's they're singing. It's party music. It's party music for country people. I mean, it's. Songs about like being at the bar and seeing a girl and turning up and all that stuff. And I, you know, because I'm trying, I want to try to, you know, write some stuff that maybe can get recorded. I'm listening to it to see what is, what's hot now, what's hot in these streets and these Nashville streets right now. So Jordan Davis is like, is hot in these Nashville streets right now. Okay. (laughs) And all the songs are about like the, like the, I think his most popular song is called Ruin My Weekend. Like that's the type of stuff he's writing about. Like, girl, you could ruin my weekend. Like it's. I mean, it's it's cheesy. And like as a person who is get off my lawn about country, mm-hmm. it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to hear. So so it sounds like you kind of like it. It's it's not bad. Like I listen to it and it's definitely catchy. Yeah. It's well written. I could see it playing at like what PBR at the battery, you know, when the girls are on the bowl, like woo, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. But it's just like I still will go back though and listen to like, you know, I'll go back and listen to Garth Brooks. I'll go back and listen to Brad Paisley, Keith Urban. Um, going back even further, Tim McGraw, I'll go back and listen to Brooks and Dun- like, you know, like the more traditional hell, even going back and listening uh, to like Hank Williams Sr. But you can't that doesn't hit, you know, right. Not anymore. Like, I, I, I swear to God, when I there's this place I play on the east side called Fetch Dog Park, they have music. I bust out your cheating heart one weekend. <laughs> Crickets. Mm. Crickets. I'm just like. This guy's a legend. Let me ask you. But question. you can't do that, though. You know, you're you're more, uh, I don't know, in tune with the country scene than I am. No matter how little you are in tune <laughs> with it, it's more than me. Um, how how much influence do you think Lil Nas X has had on the sound of country music? So, not a ton, and I only say that because. So I think Lil Nas X jumped onto something that was already kind of mm-hmm. going, happening. Yeah, and we've talked about it before. Yeah, I mean, because like, I, I think. Not uh, little the, Troy. Got what was his name? Cowboy Troy. Cowboy Troy. Yeah. Well, no, they well they are not the same. Well, yeah. they're Cowboy not the Troy, same, but Lil like X are not the but same. But there is this record label, and I don't think they're. I think they're around the Music Mafia, mm-hmm. and yeah, there were yeah. this group of country artists who saw this, who who had the vision to see this coming. The honky tonk, but honky donk. Yeah, they had they had the vision to see that coming. But at the at the time, because this was what two thousand four. This was we were in college. Oh, yeah, we were yeah. in college at the time. At the time, it's. How Ben is, you know, get off my lawn now. It was like the entire country music industry is get off my lawn with doing this new stuff. Yeah. Right. Because Cowboy Troy, he's this six foot five black dude from Texas. Yeah. And he is, he was all in. Yeah. He, he was, was all, not, he was not yeah. a sellout. <laughs> he was all in on this. I'm going to rap over over some country beats. Hip hop is what he called Hick-hop. it. Mm, right, Hick-hop. right, right, right. Yeah. So big and rich. But it never, it, it kind of ended yeah. with him. It started and ended with him. Uh, yeah. Big and rich 
kind of they 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 I don't know if you consider them one hit wonders, but they had Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, which is like a straight kind of like a it's it's a rock riff over kind of a four on the floor hip hop type beat, and they're sing rapping, like that's essentially what they're doing. It was huge, um, and they kind of disappeared for a while, but they saw it. You know, they they kind of had the foresight to see it, and then over the next ten years or so you got what they call bro country, where it's like, you know, all the country artists who sing about, you know, turning up and having parties, and they use hip-hop loops, live instruments, like Florida Georgia Line is a perfect Mm -hmm. example of this. Yeah, the Nelly features and all that. Yeah, the Nelly, yeah, well, that Cruisin', they had that song with him. Yeah, so I think, if anything, he just kind of hopped on, but he, instead of coming at it from a country side, he came at it from a rap side. So, and and I think, and it's really... Even funnier, too, is like it's considered a country song, country rap song, but it's like a Nine Inch Nail sample, <laughs> yeah, which is even funnier. Um, but I, I think he kind of just hopped on, came at it from a hip hop side rather than a country and it was, side. It was just based on how he heard the song. Yeah. Like, this sounds like this could be a country song. Mm-hmm. So he wrote about being a cowboy. But he did his, I mean, he did basically what country artists do now. Just sing country over a pop beat. Yeah. Yeah, just and, mentioned and, denim and beer. And yeah, pickups and, <laughs> and it works. Your bingo cards filled out. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. What have I? Uh, what I've been listening to is because I um. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I have two hundred and ninety-four different playlists on Spotify Jeez. now. Okay. Uh, what the hell? Is <laughs> I don't. I've got like four. How do you listen to that many playlists? <laughs> I don't know. Some I made when I first got Spotify in twenty twelve. And have not revisited. You just since. made them and left them. <laughs> but a new one that I, I love children. A new one that I, <laughs> <laughs> a new one that I'm working on is, um, and this is something may I, I kind of want to talk about in June for for those who listen. We 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 got some plans for different topics mm-hmm. for May, uh, starting a series on Georgia related music topics. Um, that Ben will figure out shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but June is Black Music Month. I did not know that. Yeah. And for that, what I've been looking at is um, <clears throat> and how like I saw Atlanta as low-key a house music kind of city. Really? Okay. Especially in the late 80s and into the early 90s, the Freaknik era. Mm-hmm. The ba- bass music is yeah. is house music. They're at least oh, that, cousins. Oh, early so so deaf stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but what I've been focusing more, I was trying to find, and I say this all the time, and not to not to say I'm going to be a future expatriate or something. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> British artists care a little bit more about the music they're making. Hmm. Yeah, about especially when it comes to soul and R and B and yeah. funk and stuff, they just like it more. Uh, so I was listening to that that era in like the late eighties, early nineties of different uh, black dance music artists. Okay, um, and some of these are American, but they didn't really take off in America like you would might think. So I've been listening to um, uh, Inner City and Black Box. And um, Snap, LaBouche. LaBouche. Um, <laughs> Are they British? I didn't know they were British. LaBouche is, LaBouche is actually American. Okay. 
but they were produced by Frank Farian. Okay. Oh, oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, jeez. He had work after we, that? We, we, well, well, I know it was like one of our first episodes about Millie Vanilli, yeah. but after that, he was still working. <laughs> okay, yeah, I do remember. Okay. That, oh, Jesus. So we got LaBouche <laughs> because of him. Um, I guess thanks. I guess okay. <laughs> uh, but also other, uh, I guess, um, I think I've talked about this before, maybe also the freestyle or the Latin, Latin, Latin hip hop. Yeah. Uh, I think mo- <laughs> most of the artists were, were Latino. So, um, uh, Lisa, Lisa and Colt jam, mm. um, who was produced by full force. So there's full force as well. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, this like dance music like that, that probably heard in other countries around the world other than America. And, Make I'm making a list out of that. I did find like one some songs because we talked about this with Lady Gaga. Some <laughs> songs, one is is the single that took off around the world, and then like another song was like it had the same settings. <laughs> 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 they didn't change anything, or they moved a note here and moved this note here. It's like, this one's in minor. This See one's now in it's major. different. Like, this one's, it's like oh yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah. So yeah, Rosie of Vanilla Ice and the pressure. Oh God, there's I heard that song the other day at the dentist, and I kept trying to listen to see. I was why it's a fool's errand. There's nothing different at all. And for a second, I was like, "Which one is this?" I'm kidding. Oh God, it was not Vanilla Ice. It was not. I'm sure. Thank God they don't play him at my dentist. It's already enough that you have to hear that too. Like it's just. Um, so we'll uh, get to some news here. A couple of things. Uh, so it's been a while since we talked about the fire festival. Uh, the last time we mentioned the fire festival was when we talked about the documentaries. Um, it keeps on getting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there is, there was a settlement or a possible settlement for the, uh, scammed ticket holders. Um, a proposed settlement in federal bankruptcy court will give more than $7,000 a piece to a few hundred people who arrived on a private island in the Bahamas to find none of the uh, luxury accommodations or gourmet food they had paid for. So uh, <clears throat> tickets for that event, if anyone remembers, between 1000 and 12000 Yeah, And when they arrived... They had quote unquote tents. Um the saddest cheese sandwich in the world. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and um their luggage being thrown to them off a truck. Yeah, that was And they arrived there by bus, school bus. Yeah. That was the I mean, that just They were told they were gonna be on private planes. Nope. The wildest Delta. thing ever. And just I mean, seven thousand dollars is is a good amount of money. But for what you had to deal with. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make up for it. Yeah, it does not. It doesn't. And I mean, and I also understand, too, there's only so much money to go around. Because right. where are you going to get it from? Yeah. Billy ain't got Billy, nothing. Billy ain't got it. He ain't John got ain't got it. it. John's not even implicated in yeah. all this. So it's like, His name gonna... is not on this at all. So it's like, you can't just be like, you know, we're going to, you know, give everyone for pain and suffering and all seven Gs. Let's make it work. So it, it would be a total of a $2 million lawsuit. Jeez. Um with 277 people being a part of it. So the math there, 
is a little over 7,000. It was originally a $100 million class action suit from three years ago. Um, the firm Garagos and Garagos representing the, uh, the, <clears throat> the ticket holders will distribute their money, distribute the money to the clients. Once the festival fire festival estate, there's an estate, um, <laughs> cuts them the settlement check. Okay. <laughs> And a federal judge will address the proposed settlement. So this is just proposed for now and potentially approve it for a hearing scheduled for May 13th. Um, Billy McFarlane is still in prison. He was sentenced to six years and um, he defrauded investors and ticket vendors out of 26 million. Jesus. Wonder what is gonna do and it's going to be two going back to the ticket holders, just two million. <laughs> I'm curious to see what he does when he gets out. Have you seen either of these documentaries? I've not. I've heard, I heard everything about them. Yeah, there one on Hulu, one on Netflix. They're hilarious. The one on Netflix is the one you need. To, that's the one with okay. the story. Okay, right, right. right. That's the one. The, yeah, okay. I know. I know this with story. Andy. Right, yes. right. Yeah, <laughs> it's legendary. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's there. I mean, it's funny. I'm sure it wasn't funny when it was happening. Yeah. But my God, was it funny after? Like it was. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, would would is it worth it to you? Like the the seven thousand, and like if you end up with seven thousand dollars on what you just went through, if so, you were there. So for me, no. However, <laughs> um, there's a little. I don't know. It, it's 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 because they're rich. I do know. Yeah. It's because they're mm -hmm. rich, which makes me feel a little less bad about them. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, yeah, you guys were fine either way. Y'all were yeah. inconvenienced. But if this was like, like I'm going to spend a lot of money, you know, if it's a lot of money, because it's a lot of money mm -hmm. to me. But to them, they're <laughs> they're going to be fine. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I, I think about the workers, and I'm like, hmm, who paid them? Did anybody pay them? It, well, that one. Yeah, I can't um, remember that. There one. was one lady who uh, she was like catering the whole mm -hmm. thing, and it none of her people got line. paid. Yeah, and she had to drain her life savings to yeah. pay them. Those are the but people I think about. after the documentary came out through a GoFundMe or Kickstarter or something, yeah. she got that money back. Right. Okay. So that's the closest you. you yeah. That's you, the, <laughs> yeah. You got to give it away and then hope. You know, because I GoFundMe takes care of you. For me, <laughs> yeah, seriously. For me, GoFundMe does. I, I feel like it doesn't work for black people. It worked for her. It worked for her. Yeah, your story has to be highly publicized. Yeah, <laughs> been real sad. Yeah, for for yeah for black people, yes. Uh -huh. Um, and because it, like I I saw the because I put this clip on our Instagram with uh, the GoFundMe started for R. Kelly. Oh yeah, <laughs> we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. And I was like, I don't. I hope I wanted it to work, but he did. Just so I can time. feel that it works for black people sometimes under the. Uh, at the very least, questionable circumstances. <laughs> it definitely would have worked because cops who who shot unarmed black people were getting money on GoFundMe. Yeah, they were. <laughs> so yeah, but it 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 worked. That uh, yeah, it's like I said before when we talked about this. I wouldn't have gone. Oh yeah, <laughs> to this, this is too good anyway. to be true. It's too good to be true. <laughs> and yeah, so mm -hmm. um, another thing that that came up is. Um, this happened last week, and I found out about it like right after recorded our last episode. Is the uh, the Usher Bucks incident? So, <laughs> uh, Usher was at a strip club in Las Vegas. 
he's throwing money and then it it turns out that his face is on the money so it, it's not real money well, it's not legal <laughs> uh but if you look at it it says uh I think it said like Las Vegas residency. He does have a, he's about to start a residency in Las Vegas, which is a big deal because they only get some, some big artists have residencies in Las Vegas and you don't really know that they yeah, have it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Britney Spears was there for like three years. Which and wild. <laughs> like who wants to see her live? Her, oh, let me stop. <laughs> some people did. And she's doing six shows a week. I think Jennifer Lopez had one. What? Really? Lady Gaga. I okay. I see Lady. that she puts on a good show. Um, Jennifer Lopez kind of does, but kind of when I think oh. of Las Vegas residency, I'm thinking the of old people. Wayne Newton yeah. and Liberace <laughs> and Stephen Eady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Usher has a residency in Vegas, so it was more of it was a promotion for mm-hmm. that, and he really did pay the girls, right. you know. But yeah, should he? Have, I mean, uh, is there a better way to? There are better ways to promote, aren't there? Yeah, I think so. Maybe a. Ad. Did he actually throw the usher bucks, or was it just like were they just there, or did they like arrive on stage or something somehow? <laughs> <laughs> Some guy just goes up there and spreads them around. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering about. Like he hands them out like business cards or something, and they're like, "Oh snap, is my what the hell?" Yes, but the thing usher? is, I, like I I don't know. I don't know if it was the. I don't know if that's how it how it went. If he just, if he went there with it, and you think he has he this huge right. wide of cash, and or he has the money gun. Oh, I've seen oh. Those. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, did anybody listen to Usher this week after that story? No, no. I did. I was just like, let me. It's been a while. Let me revisit the catalog. It's. Still, oh, I thought you meant like great. him talk. His no, music. not him talk. I was like, he's he, did he come out trying to explain it? No, like, no, 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 no. Listen to his music. <laughs> but the thing, like service. after that though, it it, it was a misunderstanding. Then, uh-huh. but some people came out with stories about basically Usher stealing. Like, <laughs> when someone said they used to work in retail, and Usher walks in and he tried on a two thousand no dollar jacket, way. and then while uh, and then they talked, they had a conversation while he has on the jacket, he glided out on his heelies, <laughs> and then he, he didn't say that, but no, it totally makes sense. <laughs> he glided out the front door. <laughs> He said, we chopped it up for a bit, and then this dude daps me up and walks out of the store with the jacket. Oh, man. <laughs> Are things hard at the, at he the probably Raymond like household? He probably slid out, too, though. He probably slid out with some cool footwork. And uh, some another person said they worked in a store, and <laughs> he got banned from the store. Him and his, his now ex-wife got banned from the store because he would steal stuff, and then she'd just try to bring it back like nothing happened. What? Is it, are they struggling right now? Why would she bring it back for like a, a refund with no receipt? See, they didn't say that, but <laughs> oh, that's what geez. I was thinking. If, if like she tried that, to do it for the that? refund. Dude, come by. She we'll... made up a receipt at home or something. <laughs> come by, man. I'll, I'll take I'll or no, with she, some food or, or something like that. No, even without the receipt, she just said, oh, I don't have the receipt, but I had the card that I paid for it with. Oh, no. <laughs> he sounds like he's through the change at your cup holder. I never thought. Wow! I never thought that this would be like a thing. I didn't think I would hear this. Today. And um, the third story I read was that he was. Uh, it was on a flight, and he finessed himself into first class 
from Coach. What is going on? Why does Usher have to do that? Confessions went like diamonds. He said, "Like what is he doing?" Like the he's the guy said he came on. He's um, you know, he's he's standing at the you know we're kind of basically where the line is, and he's like taking selfies with the flight attendants, mm. having conversation, and he's just inching his way over into first class. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is. Yeah. So. That's interesting. It's Usher a scammer. Maybe he really needed this Vegas residency, man. Like it was, they're about to take his house or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds like it. Still in $2,000 jacket. Maybe he just likes the thrill of the whatever. Now that would be more interesting if he's just like, he's a klepto and he's just like. He's just like yeah, this is fine. <laughs> he just wants to see if he can do it. He's like, I, I, I almost, got, almost got you. Almost got you. Take the jacket off. Gives it back. <laughs> Like, uh, sure, where are you going with that jacket? <laughs> and then he pays for it. It's just like, <laughs> had it all along, man. Just That would be more, that would be funnier, actually. I, I'm, I'm going to start saying that, that Usher's a klepto. Don't leave your pen around him. He'll take it just for the thrill, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that song. <laughs> what song? Uh, what's the song? He's like, don't leave your girl around me. Oh, oh true. <laughs> don't leave your jacket around me. Don't leave your jacket around me. <laughs> Oh God, I actually knew a kid in high school who lived in his neighborhood and had the leather, the brown leather jacket that he really? wears in that video months before. No way. Yeah, he had it. Because he claimed he stole it. And he stole it? He stole it from a school child. I don't think he stole his brother. His brother went to my prom. He looks wow. like a short version of Usher. Usher is short. A shorter version of wow. Usher. Yeah, he um he had the leather jacket. And then the video came out, and I went to school the next day. I was like, dude, that's the... He goes, yeah, that's the jacket Usher wore. Wow. He's, like, flexing like he's Usher. Wow. This makes me think of, like, um, it was probably, like, 2008. Um, my friend Ariel's <clears throat> birthday, and we went to a California pizza kitchen. Oh, I remember this story. <laughs> and, and there was... Is one or was one in Buckhead or something there's, like that? I think, there's, I think it's still in Atlantic Station. That's the one I think you, it was that one. Yeah. So we go there, and like on the other side of the restaurant is Usher, and Still we're we're like, oh, that's Usher over there. <laughs> and now, and now, thinking about it now, I saw they him and his wife left the re- leaving the restaurant, and now I'm thinking, did they pay? It's <laughs> <laughs> Usher bucks under <laughs> under the receipt. Oh god, you can't see his face yet. <laughs> that's keep the change. No, I'm just trying. Yeah, that's oh man, that's really sad. Um, if he is, I mean, like I said, I'm gonna choose to think that he's a klepto because um, confessions went diamond. <laughs> he had hit singles after that. I'm sure he's got money, and he's not selling because he's broke. Because that or, really or sad. maybe he started because Jermaine Dupri made money off, made the most money off of that. Oh, not him. Really sad oh. if, if Jermaine Dupri has all his money. Mm. If, you, yeah, if you're listening, Usher, we'll, I'll ride out with you against Jermaine Dupri. I'm not going anywhere with Usher. <laughs> <laughs> he might end up like, hey, man, this is a nice car. Where'd you get this from? Oh, no, this stolen, dog. <laughs> and it's like a Chevy Cruze. It's like it's something, it's something expensive. <laughs> I just stole it. That's what the hell of it. That's what the phone call was about. On, a, on Confessions Part 1. He got caught. <laughs> no. Oh, Sorry, still in that car, man. No. Put that on everything. <laughs> they got you on camera, man. <laughs> Call it 4K. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's going up on YouTube. Um, 
<laughs> Go catch the man running out of Walmart. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, God. He lives in Atlanta. What, what he steals out of Walmart? Some who, shacks. His CD. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> his own CD. He might steal his own CD. So it's a publicity stunt. I'm in, I'm in Vegas. And he like runs out. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. I gotta put, I'm going to put this clip up on YouTube. Newsflash. We have a YouTube channel. Um, He's going to come looking for us now if you put that on YouTube. <laughs> What are you going to do? Steal the video. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, 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 oh, man. Oh, uh, okay. Whew. All right. Um, let's get to the uh, charts here. Um, Hot 100. Debuting at number one. I have not heard this song. Uh, I don't know if y'all have heard it. A Rap Star by Polo G. Not at all. I have not heard this or heard of it. <laughs> Debuted at number one um, for Polo G to debut at number one. I can only assume this is this song is hot on TikTok. Mm, that makes sense. I'm just guessing. I could be wrong. It, it might actually be a good song. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, I hate that we have to think that, though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's modern music. Uh, number two is Montero. Call me by your name by Lil Nas X. Um, did you, did you get the shoes, Eric? No. Um, uh, <laughs> it's the price. It's cause I'm oh. broke. That's the only, <laughs> okay. that's the only reason. How much are they? Uh, they're like a thousand. Yeah. Like 1200 or something like that. What? Yeah. Cause no, they, they made 666 pairs. Oh, so they're limited. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised mm-hmm. the bots didn't. And they canceled it anyway or something like that. So I think some, no, like, I cease and desist or no. <laughs> I think Nike said to cease and desist, but the drop already had like the oh, shoes okay. had already been sold out. Well. They because I saw some people like with the shoes. Nice. Mm. Uh, number three, <laughs> leave the door open. Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, and Anderson Pack. Um, the more that I think about, I I don't know if this if their album is going to be a letdown. Why do you say that? Um. You think it will be, or you think it will not be a letdown? I I don't want it to be. Okay, I mean I'm curious to hear it. I like the whole vibe they're going with, as far as the the you know the '70s soul, mm-hmm. um, and I love the fact that they're living it. Like I'm seeing them on social media with the bell bottoms and all that stuff, like really living. Like, it, is so. this just a commercial for? Um, I know that there's a there's some clothing line they sign with. Um, What's the company that has the the gator on the polos? Lacoste. Yeah. Oh, Lacoste. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know they. Hopefully, Lacoste. it's not just a commercial for that. <laughs> but yeah. Um, number four, uh, the nonsensical peaches by Justin Bieber featuring Daniel Caesar and Giveon. Uh, have you heard that song? I have not. It, it's terrible. It's not terrible. It, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's okay. like the first line. It's like I get my peaches out in Georgia. I get my weed in California. Hmm. Okay. And then like that's goes, the hook of yeah. the song. Like oh. this isn't about anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> um, it just it's catchy. <laughs> number five, save your tears by the weekend. Um, the song sounds like a throwaway from the Scarface soundtrack. <laughs> I'm not Rolling Stone or Pitchfork. I don't hate everything. But that's what that song sounds like. Uh, number six, Levitating by Dua Lipa featuring DaBaby. 
I have said that the baby will just get on anybody's song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you pay him, whatever. Yep. Uh, <laughs> debuting at number seven, Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring SZA. Number eight, Up by Cardi B. Number nine, Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. We called that the song of the spring. It is dropping no one says fast. that. No one says song of the nobody, spring. Nobody, yeah, yeah, nobody says that. <laughs> and number 10, I don't know if we talked about this last I week. I didn't get a chance Astronaut to check him out. Astronaut in the Ocean by Mask Wolf. Yeah, that's the Australian I've never rapper. heard this song. Um, yeah, I meant to check it out and I didn't. I but, did not. Yeah. Uh, the Billboard 200, these are the albums. Uh, before you look, Ben, where do you think the irredeemable Morgan Wallen is this week? Um, I'm going to say he's top five, maybe four or five. Unless he shot back up to number one. Um, I don't know, but I, I'd say four or five would be safe. He is number four. Boom. But number one this week, Taylor's Jesus version Christ, man. of Fearless. So, Her fans have you are heard undefeated, about this? man. I've heard about Morgan Wallen. <clears throat> well, with Taylor Swift... Uh, Fearless is an album that came out originally in 2008, <laughs> but since she does not own the masters, ah. she re-recorded the album and she is going to, in the future, record the other five albums she does Ooh. not own the masters for. Essentially making... Do they sound different? Or like her <sighs> vocals, has she done anything different? Is so everyone says she's a better singer. I don't think she's a better singer, just different. Yeah. Because she went through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is really weird to think about the fact that she made six albums before she was thirty. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But yeah, it sounds. I mean, she she did her best to make them sound as close as they can. I was talking with Greg before we started recording, and this is totally a a musician nitpick. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds more polished than the 2008 version mm-hmm. because she's just got more money. <laughs> right. And of course, you know, technology from then to now. So like um, the, the recordings, I don't want to say sound overproduced, but they just sound cleaner. Yeah. They sound, they sound warmer. Whereas, you know, like my favorite track off the album was fearless was the title track starts out with just like a mandolin and a, and a drum and it doesn't sound as thin. So I guess that's good, I guess. But for me, where I'm like, you know, I like the snare does the rim shot, and a rim shot on a snare is like when you hit the rim and the snare of the snare at the same time. <clears throat> Fearless has a lot of that at the beginning, and you don't really get that as much because, um, like, you can tell the drummer's trying to do it, but because wow. it's so well-produced, it doesn't give you that punch. The grit, I guess. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't give you that grit or that that, you know, so that's and that's a that's a really nitpicky thing to say. Maybe it's because I'm a drummer, but like that's I like that's how I know it's fearless because I listen for that really gritty rim shot, and now it's just like oh no, we can like compress that. Like no, don't 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 do that. Don't do that. The snare's not tuned as high. I'm gonna stop because I'm 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 nitpicking, but these are the things I listen for. All right, so. Um... It's this is kind of cheating too, like I said with the weekend's greatest hits album <laughs> being selling a lot. This is kind of cheating too. Okay, number two, the best of DMX. Hmm. So not any of the albums individually, just the yep. best of. That makes sense. Uh, number three, Justice by Justin Bieber. 
It was number one last week. Number four, Morgan Wallen, <laughs> the uh, irredeemable, no, redeemable, question mark, Morgan Wallen. Hmm. Number five, Soulfly by Rod Wave. Number six, and it jumps back up, Positions by Ariana Grande. Number seven, Highlights by The Weeknd. That's the greatest hits album that I think is cheating. Uh, <laughs> number eight, Destined to Win by Lil TJ. Number nine, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. And number 10, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Uh, and we'll go to the Artist 100. We have told you about this list. Yes. Um, so number one, it's not new music unless wow, just because it's him? re-recorded. Number one is Taylor Swift this week. Mm. Um, number two is DMX, and this is his first appearance on this chart ever. And she was, oh, he, her fans are undefeated, man. I'll just say that her fans are undefeated. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, they must be tweeting about her like morning, noon, night. Just geez, her fans are. Or maybe it was like it was part of her part of her plan, like to we're gonna put out the album right when <laughs> because if you said that with uh with when Katy Perry's album came out, Taylor put her music <clears throat> on Spotify. Yeah, the day. The same day. So the other thing she did, too, which is actually really gruesome, and I don't know if she did this for real, but her fans and people are saying she did it. She released her Reputation album the day that Kanye West's mother died. Oh. People are saying that, that she did oh, it like on the purpose. Anniversary? Yeah. People are saying she did it on purpose. She's never come out and said that she did it on purpose. She would never say You'd it. You'd never but say that. It, it came out on the exact day. So the fact that she did that to Katy Perry... I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Because, I mean, that was her angry album, right? You know, as angry as she can get. You know? <laughs> she took it. Apparently, she took a stab at him in the look what you made me do that I I didn't get. But her fans, not even kidding. Someone put it on Genius. Like, it was, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so who knows? Maybe she yeah. maybe she um, she was there in the hospital and was like, pull the plug. Let me stop that. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it done? It's done. Release the album. <laughs> so, okay, hold up. So, so Fearless is her first studio album? No, it's her second one, actually. It's her second studio album. Yeah, one of the Grammy ones. I don't know why she released this one first, though. And she re-released it. I could see how it could be DMX, I guess. When you, when you think about, like, the age mm-hmm. demographic of DMX fans, they're probably not using a whole bunch of Spotify. Probably they're probably not. throwing on his old vinyl or throwing on his old CD. In memoriam of him or whatever, and the, uh, you know the, the the younger Spotify users, they might know, you know, f- they they do know fewer songs, so they probably just spend those <clears> few <throat> that they love, mm-hmm. and that's like, but, and also, but also, well, I guess with, I can see that with the the album charts, <laughs> yeah. With this, it also includes um, social media coverage social media stuff, coverage. Yeah. Uh, oh, what? Yeah, so that that that's what's really crazy. Like her fa- her fans are rabbit. They're up there with the with the Beehive and the Round of Navy and the One Directioners. They're they're crazy. Uh, so yeah, uh, DMX crazy. is yeah. That's two what I'm thinking. Week. Like that's and okay. it's it's uh, his first everywhere. appearance. Yeah. Number three, Ariana Grande. Number four, Justin Bieber. Number five, The Weeknd. Number six, Polo G. Number seven, Drake. Number eight, the nicest man in country, Luke Combs. <laughs> Number nine, Dua Lipa, and number ten, Rod Wave. Um, 
he just stays up there, man. It's like he didn't even do nothing. He just yeah. Luke Combs isn't doing anything. He I just, think he does his, he just his, his farm list. tours or whatever, and like yeah. he don't he don't he don't bother nobody. He doesn't drop videos where he's using the N word. Like he just <laughs> he just gets up there with his his as jar tough as that may be. His jar <laughs> moonshine plays his songs and he parties, man. I bet, he be, I bet he lit on those stages too, man. I bet he is just gone. <laughs> like, hey, y'all. <laughs> y'all want some of this? I've Literally, I've seen him on stage with like a big, clear shot. Yeah, he just he's he'll put his guitar down. It's like, sorry. <laughs> like, that's the life. Like, that's. Um, <laughs> so real quick before we get to Ben's earworm of the week, um, we'll save the Diddy corporate letter for some other time. Uh, as we're almost at an hour. Um, <laughs> um, R.I.P. Black Rob. Mm. Um, he passed away from kidney failure. Uh, but uh, someone posted a picture like a week before he, he passed, and he looked like he weighed 100 pounds, maybe. So I feel like it was more than that. But rest in peace to him. Uh and I, I kind of just wanted to, to say that and not get too much into Diddy's letter because um, I have the, the theory and it probably could be backed up by some evidence that all the artists on Bad Boy are signing five album deals, but they never make it to number three, mm. to album three for some reason. Mm. I think only Faith Evans made it to the the third album. 112 also, but I think that's it's not yeah. many. Um, some people don't even make it to the second one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shine. Uh, <laughs> um, also, rest in peace to Jim Steinman. Uh, for those who enjoy the uh, pomposity and bombasticness of 70s rock music, uh, <laughs> specifically Meatloaf. And if you liked uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler or It's All Coming Back to Me Now by Celine Dion, Jim Steinman wrote those epics. That's what he always tried to write. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so rest in peace to him and um, that'll do it for our music mm-hmm. news so Ben tell us about your earworm of the week uh, shout out to Spotify who suggested this on my weekly discover weekly um, I think I might have like one other song of theirs favorite this is a band called Copeland they're kind of that um, I don't want to say old school emo but kind of emo ish a little hard, harder than most emo but Name of the song is called No One Really Wins. It's got a really cool riff, heavy fuzz on the guitar, which um, I'm not always a fan of. Shout out to Matt. I know he's been on a few times. He loves fuzz. It's got like six fuzz pedals, I swear. (laughs) But yeah, it's called No One Really Wins. It's got a really cool riff. All right, so we're going to play that, and we'll be right back.
All right, that is No One Really Wins by Copeland yeah. from their album In Motion. That fuzz riff, man, it's, yeah, it's, to try to explain what fuzz is too, like it's, it's essentially like a type of distortion that sounds fuzz, fuzzy, like it's just, you know, whereas like, you know, distortion is a little cleaner. Fuzz you heard more of in like the 70s, so it's more of a vintage thing. Some people still use it, Muse is really big on using it. Um, which is, I know is a bigger band than them, but, um, I just, it's never really been my thing. I know Matt loves it and I was exaggerating. He doesn't have six, but he's probably got like four or five fuzz pedals, like (laughs) legit. And they all sound like really good. He makes them sound good. And I know this is something we've not really talked about with Matt's on, but Matt's a really, really good guitar player and he is a master of tone. Like he is, he grew up, I know he grew up listening to a lot of Incubus and, you know, likes that sound. And just, you know, if you, he had a huge pedal boards and just a master of tone plays, he plays out of the best equipment. And I've always been jealous of him as a, as like the gear he has, as well as the type of player he is. And then the ear he has for tone. And yeah. So if he's listening, man, you, you rock, Matt, you're, 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 you're dope. <laughs> so on, uh, we, we started this particular episode. Well, you can find that song, of course, BTT, YHT, Earworms playlist on Spotify. Uh, right now uh, and it has every well almost every earworm we've ever yeah had well because they brought back the rod dupree song yeah but, but they said there was another off, one they yeah, took off and then some texas there's a new version of. of the song but you didn't like it no i don't no. and that, that's how and once again it's like the taylor swift thing like mm-hmm. they put they changed the end of the way that a verse ends and Added some. It's just I'm particular, man. I'm, I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help hey, it. Man. I wanted to talk to the new producer. Like, what are you doing, man? Don't you? But yeah, I'm, I had to download a version of it to keep myself satisfied there. <laughs> uh, so with this particular episode, we started the we started with um, a live version, uh, MTV España. Uh, live version of that that was the, the channel that was okay. what it came from uh, of a provider by NERD and uh, we will be talking about their debut album even though they were in the public eye already at the time but this was their own project we'll be talking about the album In Search Of and mm-hmm. make the switch over on the you can see the, the fancy transition to the different <laughs> background <laughs> Um, so, uh, this album came out in 2001. Originally it was released in Europe. Um, the, uh, the song lap dance had the video that was on BET uncut. Um, <laughs> I saw the uncensored version of that video on a high school computer. When I was in high school, Greg, I saw the uncensored <laughs> <laughs> I like like this was like the very beginning of Napster, right? Yeah. And someone had the video and I watched it and I'm like, I didn't see this one on TV. <laughs> I did not see this one. Um and so well, of course, it wasn't the same one that was on BET uncut, of course, because even though it's uncut, that doesn't mean yeah. uncensored. Yeah, it's still BET. <laughs> it's still cable, basically. <laughs> so um but yeah, the that was the first song that that I had heard by them, at least um, with them as the as NERD, and um, it was in 
uh, I can't remember what movie it was also in. It might have been like Triple X, the one with Vin Diesel, the first one. I think it was in a. I feel like or it, it might have been the Fast it was, and yeah, it Furious. Was in, it was in a few movies. I, I was trying to think of that too. I, I feel like it was some movie with Vin Diesel. So and, let's see and then a, yeah, definitely a couple of others. So it was um, there's a remix version in um, the classic movie uh, Daredevil. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Kiss of the Dragon. I don't th- was that a Jet Li movie? Jet Li. Mm-hmm. Okay, Scrubs maybe uh, Scrubs. I know you like Scrubs, right? It's an episode of Scrubs. Yeah, well, I haven't seen every episode of Scrubs, oh, okay. so I've seen none. Um, it was. Oh, I do remember it was in um, True Crime Streets of L.A. during one of the boss scenes. Yeah, oh, that, I remember. That's, that. that's what I was gonna say. That was my, <laughs> that was my introduction. I love. Yeah, that's that was my okay. introduction to this album. Um, yeah, True Crime um, Streets of it's L.A. A great game. I don't know if I'm. It was also in. Uh, or it might have been a different song. The show, what was that show with Jessica Alba where she's like a secret agent or Dark something? Angel? Yeah. Or that might have been Truth or Dare. I don't the song see Truth it. There, or Dare was I do that see it that it was in One Tree Hill, though. Wow. The basketball drama. <laughs> the basketball <laughs> drama where everyone's really 10 years older than the age they're playing. <laughs> One Tree Hill is about basketball? Yeah, yeah. It's about basketball. I had no yeah. idea. I tried to watch it it's, because it's, I yeah, love basketball. Yeah, it's supposed to be like just... a small town in North Carolina. Are there black people in it? No. Okay. One. Okay. Oh, there was? It was one. I guess it was the Because <laughs> it was the guy that I talked about uh, is ageless because he was in Coach Carter oh, and Sunset okay. Park. Those Sunset movies are nine Park, years right. apart. That is, that's he was on One Tree Hill after those movies, yeah. so he's like thirty-five. <laughs> as a high schooler, <laughs> playing as a high schooler. <laughs> yep, it was yeah, him yeah. and Bianca Watson. I think that's her name, Bianca Lawson from Bianca uh, Lawson, who is Beyonce's stepsister. Really? Yeah, she is also ageless. She is. She is. They're the she ageless, was in pretty, ageless pretty black liars, actors, man, and she looked like a teenager. <laughs> and she's like forty. That's insane. <laughs> that's insane. But yeah, True Crime, Streets of L.A., great. Um, both of those games, actually, New York and L.A. Yep. But yeah, this was, I forgot this was in there during one of the boss scenes. Uh, so uh, with this with this album, there are two different versions of it. Uh, one is, <laughs> the, and this was the one, I, I remember buying the album when I was a uh, freshman in college. Mm-hmm. I went down to the, I can't remember the name of the store. The spot. Before that. It had a different name. Oh, there was one. Okay. Because the spot was like the record store and like you could buy like burgers and stuff, wasn't it? I don't remember that. I or remember maybe that was, was a, like that was a, a restaurant shop. next to it. It was like a smoke shop slash. But it was a different, it was it had a different name. Oh, okay. Because um, <clears throat> I, I went, I remember going there with my first roommate <laughs> who, um, yeah. And he moved out. I, that I told that story on um, Bomadi Jones' podcast. God damn it! I want to hear it. Can you give me like the abridged version? Um, he, um, how do I put this? He he called me a a certain slur. Oh, uh, a homophobic slur. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't appreciate it. I I slammed the door in his face, but his hand got caught mm-hmm. in the door, mm-hmm. and. He moved out the next day. Like his parents came and helped him move out I of the was room. Wondering. Okay. I don't know if he was afraid of me or just doesn't like confrontation. Yeah. But he started it. But Greg <laughs> finished. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That that story, that turned that whole incident turned into since we lived on the third floor of the dorm. 
that I held him out the window by his ankles like Suge Suge Knight. Okay. So I got called Suge for a couple weeks. That's pretty cool. Rao Hall, man. That was, (laughs) yeah, Rao Hall. Classic row. I don't know if it's. I don't know if the dorm's been torn down yet because they it's tore down there, everything else. It's, uh, it's um. <laughs> it's not a dorm anymore. It's like it's offices. The pu- it was the public safety building. Yeah, and the and the graduate school. Um. Well, no, 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 no. Um. Minority affairs as well. Because, uh, shout out to Chris Jenkins. We've never actually had on this podcast before. I just realized that. No, he's um, off being a doctor, a surgeon. Yeah, he's saving the world. <laughs> um. His father was the dean of the. Um. First, he was dean of graduate school. Then he was dean of minority affairs. Doctor Jenkins. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks for reliving that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to know. Um, I was thinking but, about genuine, but let me stop. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop because he had hair like genuine. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Can't have the mustache like him too. <laughs> he was, man. He was. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> I'm getting off topic here. Wear like two button-up shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know, didn't he sing a genuine song? At like our talent show? I, I wasn't at the talent show. I have no idea. I think he did, yeah. I just know he made one of our other friends uh, a mix CD and put like to that person from and Uh-oh. put his name. I thought that was weird. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, but so lap dance. Anyway, yeah. it's very so, good stuff. Yeah. Um, I, so I went, I remember going to that, that store down the street from the school. <laughs> And buying and buying this CD, and it was it was one of the first CDs that I, I bought when I was in college. So I really I really enjoyed it. I played the hell out of it. I might still have yeah, it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I might still have it. I don't know if it'll play anymore, but I I think I still have it. Riding um, in your car, I was like, <laughs> and you were so no no. It's not a bad thing. Like you were just really excited. I could tell you really like this album. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I like the the version that I had. Like I said, there are two different versions. Yeah, it was the one the, the Spy Mob version. Yeah, that's the one you really liked. Yeah, because uh, you played it for me as well. That's you're the reason it, I know it, about that band. <laughs> it wasn't the the version that you saw in the video. The video is more like the hip hop version, or the one wherever was played on BET mm-hmm. or MTV mm-hmm. was that version. Mm-hmm. This one sounded it it significantly different. Um, and what I found is that they did that because uh, their their original version wasn't selling well. And they wanted to kind of they went, wanted to revisit it. And then this was kind of when new metal was kind of on its way out, but it was still popular enough. Yeah. So they they went back and added more uh, and got more live instruments with the with this version. And they got Spy Mob uh, band from I didn't know they were from Minneapolis. Mm. Mm. Uh, OK, so. They're the backing band, and then on the next album, apparently they like Chad Hugo just said, "I'm going to learn to play guitar now." <laughs> yeah, they got so, everybody though. They had like Quest yeah. Love, Lenny Kravitz, and then yeah, Chad playing guitar for some reason. Um, yeah, the Madden Brothers too. Joel and Benji Madden <laughs> on a song that was yeah, that was weird, but they were a little bit more grounded on this album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'll start with you, Eric. Uh, what? What did you think of with this album? Because you, the Eric's first appearance on our podcast, we talked about the Neptunes. Yeah, the first or the second one, one one of those. Yeah, it was one of those. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, I hadn't heard it in years, mm-hmm. and and like you say, I just I, I started out with uh, True Crime Streets of L.A. I remember yeah. that game came out in two thousand three, so that's probably when I got hip to it. I do remember the music video on BET Uncut as well, <laughs> but um. 
but yeah, the album it still holds up. It still sounds like mm-hmm. you know, it still sounds like Neptunes. You can still hear the it in the instrumentation. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, as an old man, I feel like it's aged well. I don't know how yeah. like good my insight is on that, but it's still very listenable. Um, and it's just I would recommend it to damn near anybody. Yeah. Ben, I concur. It has aged very well. Um, so I mean, outside of riding in your, may I say what kind of car you had back then, or is that off limits? <laughs> Uh well that was the one where I never I never took care of it. <laughs> yeah, it was a stick. I remember that. Much. Yeah, it was a uh, a '97 Ford Escort Ooh, burgundy, burgundy and like blue and yellow or something like that. Oh. No, it was. Or was it red? With it was just, just red. It had the trim on it though, didn't it? It was like silver trim. Yeah, yeah. That's we would roll around in Carrollton listening to that. And I remember I specific I remember listening to the Spy Mob song from um from the Clones. Yeah, from the Clones. Because I wanted to, I remember that song, but um, to echo what Eric just said, yes, it has aged very well. This is kind of my first time really listening to it and paying attention to it. And it was not as hip hop as I remembered it being. Um, I think some of the themes, so there's a lot of funk, a lot of electronic funk. And there's a lot of those themes that you would hear in old funk music in terms of like, talking about like so of course you got your party songs like lap dance and rock star but then like beyond that you've got songs that are socially conscious they're talking about kids using drugs or you know am i high like that's (laughs) (laughs) um and then i remember listening to it today i was like i forgot that like brain yeah what that used to stand for and were they the first to use that as that term Uh, i don't think so. first to make a song about it yeah yeah probably (laughs) i never heard it until I think the first time I heard that term was on um, the Clips verse in the Justin Timberlake song. Mm. Yeah. And then going back and putting the pieces together, I'm like, oh, that's what that means. And this is where it came from. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> I just, you know, I never heard that. But um, so this version of it right here, and this is once again me being particular. This is the version on Spotify, of course. Yeah. Snare drum. Sounds different. It's a tighter snare drum on the original version that I heard. And that bothers me. Yeah. Um, I can't help it. <laughs> this is the this is from the, the Spy Bob version. Yeah. Uh, said they wanted to add more uh, rock elements to it. And uh, I forgot about this is a name I haven't thought about in a long time. Vita sings the hook. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Who is? I don't know who. I don't think I know who Vita is. From Rockefeller, right? That's, that, or that, oh, oh, the uh, Murder Inc. Check. Am I thinking about? It was either else? Murder Inc. or Rough Riders. I don't know which label she was oh, with. Oh, damn. Okay. She yeah. was in. Uh, I, I know she's in the movie. She's in the ja Rule song, right? Yeah. Okay. Was she not in yeah. the ja Rule song? Okay. It, so it was one of those. Yeah. One of those. Either one of those labels. I can't remember. Um, she just sings the hook. Um, and then there's a rapper named Lee Harvey, who I have not heard of before or, or since. since. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this was. Uh, I can't remember what other movie there. I, there. There's like some really popular movie that that song was in. It might have been the. I feel like the, like the movie had exhibit in it or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do I love. Yeah. So. Then this makes sense now because I guess I did not read that when I was reading about the difference in between them. I did see there were two different releases, not realizing yeah. the difference between them. So I, and I, I definitely hear that now. Like the symbols are splashier, 
Um, one thing you don't really hear very much on hip hop songs or R&B songs that are using programmed drums, you can really tell the difference between live cymbals and program cymbals, especially when it comes to like a drummer opening up on the chorus and on uh, and opening that hi hat a little bit more. It's a little bit more splashy. So that makes a lot more sense now hearing that because that drummer definitely he goes, you know, half half open, sometimes full open with those hi hats on the choruses, which is a big is a staple of rock music when you want to just add more volume and more feeling. So that makes sense now. That makes a lot of sense. I'm trying to pull up the the version that was played in the video uh, or the one that was heard more on the um, whenever it came on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was not this version. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing it from YouTube. And of course there's an ad. Of course. Always an ad. So I saw it played in um, a black mirror episode. Oh, really? Which might be where you heard it recently, but the 50 million, 50 million merits episode with um, Daniel Kaluuya. Okay. Yeah, you hear that snare? That thing is yeah, tight, boy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. but that that's that Neptune snare. <laughs> so they kind of, they like kind of they made it their way. Yeah. It didn't work. A little bit more <laughs> percussion in there. You hear like um, yeah, sounds like a cowbell. Yeah, God, I love that. I love it. And like when you listen to like stuff that the Neptunes have done in the future. That's that. That's the drum sound, and I mean, I think it goes to the fact that Pharrell is a drummer, so he knows what he wants to hear. He didn't play on the other ones, see, but he whether he programmed it or whatever is different. It just sounds different, and this is what he went with for the rest of his career. I love this. I love his snare sound. Now, do you think that? I think part of it, also from what I've read, is. From what I, I, I what I've what I've gathered from from reading about it is that they were they were in the public eye already at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people at 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 my school like they like Super Thug, they oh, like oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and then some people like uh, I'm a slave for you, which was right before this, I think. Yeah. So, but all the stuff they were doing as the Neptunes was dominating. And so even with doing their own thing, it just got lost. I didn't even realize it was it was them at first because I saw I think my the first thing I saw from them was Rockstar. Mm-hmm. And I'm and watching the video. I'm like, who's this dude in a trucker hat? Like, I just didn't, <laughs> I yeah, didn't yeah, put didn't. two and two together until much, much later, <laughs> you know, just because, you, you know, I just I don't know, especially I guess maybe pr- probably more so because Rockstar didn't really sound like the other stuff that they were doing. Like it didn't sound like I'm a slave for you. It didn't sound like Super Thug. It didn't even sound like the song by the Clips, um, grinding. You know, it's just I'd never put two and two together until years later. Probably until you told me, honestly, <laughs> uh, or until fronting. So that might have been when this is know. Rockstar. This is the one in the. Okay, I'm seeing the video, and this is Randy Quaid. That's <laughs> the PE team. Yeah, they're just in the gym, and I think he's got the yellow, the yellow trucker hat, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it has those. Um, remember the the those twins? Then the, they were both like four hundred pounds. No, not at all. Or, well, they weren't <laughs> twins, but they were they were what? brothers. Uh, no. One of them was in um, old school. Oh, okay. I think I'm thinking about what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And then the other one was in um, that movie, The New Guy. 
with DJ Qualls. God, I saw that movie once, <laughs> and it wasn't very good. <laughs> I think I only saw it because it had that SR-71 cover of Let It Whip. <laughs> I think that might have been the only reason I saw it. Wow. Okay. So Rockstar, yeah. which I've heard in video, at least one video game, uh, but it's been in Burnout, Dominator, Burnout Paradise, Forza Motorsport 2, as well as movie trailers for Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and Taxi, mm. and an Apple iPod advertisement, <laughs> and SSX3. Which... Oh well, this was this was this is probably the song that the the casual listener knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the. Um, like you said, it was in so many video games, games and movies. It's also in and... True Crime. It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, they had. There's a lot of needle drops in True Crime. That's where I first heard um that song um poem by Taproot <laughs> during a boss fight. They had like when the boss <laughs> fights would come up. That's some dope tunes. Yeah. Now so, this, <laughs> I don't know if if Spy Mob is the band in this video. I can't tell. I don't know what they look like anyway, but. I, I was wondering if that was diff- how different it was from that's the one in the video. This is the one on the album. I was going to say in that intro, the guitars are definitely up. This has more. Yeah, there's more guitar on this one. Which it sounds like, you know, from when I was listening to it. Just a lot more guitar, essentially. But I mean, that's what's going to happen when you got a live band. Um, but I guess that's oh god, yeah, that's a nice guitar too. I guess that's a that's also a production choice too, because I mean, they're producing it, so that's their choice to bring it up in the mix. But that's probably a note from the label, like, hey, more guitar. And like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you want to be Fred Durst? Oh god. <laughs> you know what's sad? Someone probably said that at Hell some yeah. point. Yeah. You want to be Someone Fred Durst. said that. Okay. And I mean, like, as you reprehensible okay. as you, it is. You put on a trucker hat. That was one of the biggest bands of the early 2000s. So yeah. that's kind of one of those things where it's just like, it makes sense. But, like, can you look at yourself in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was, random thought, I was thinking about this earlier today. He says, you can't be me, I'm a rock star. Five or so years later, Party Like a Rockstar comes out. Mm-hmm. Do they owe some credit to him? Mm-hmm. Like, because there's this, around the time that that song came out, Party Like a Rockstar, there's this obsession for some reason with black people wanting to be rock stars, like being really interested in rock music, wearing the big belt buckles. Like, we were all there for this. I'm, I'm sure we all remember this. Yeah. Pharrell does it, though, and it's just like, you know, eh. And then, but then later on, you know, they're like, yeah, let's put some guitars in our rock music and, you know, let's go samples, um, Ozzy Osbourne with Crazy Train and like I remember for a minute there black folks were all about doing it you know I mean in in the other ways because I know this album is ahead of its time in some ways but in seeing the combination of skate culture BMX culture as they you know participate in Eric's wearing the Hurley shirt I was like you know that kind of fits what we're doing I don't know if you did it on purpose or not but but, you know there's that marriage of not only rock music and hip hop but then also, you know, these alternative cultures, which, I mean, let's be real. Skating, skate culture was a little bit alternative back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, were they ahead of their time there in terms of, you know, mixing those two things? I think so, because at 
like if they're wearing it, it's all based on on what you wear and and we talked about this so we the the two-tone episode yeah. where you are defined by what you wear more than anything at least at that time yeah and so you know they're not on they're wearing trucker hats they don't have they don't have teams on them yeah they got other brands yeah. on them the the shirts either have you know weird sayings or yeah. or skateboard brands uh they're not wearing jerseys nope uh they're not wearing uh was it Jerbo jeans? Yeah, Jerbo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they're wearing they're oh, wearing man. shorts. Yeah, they're wearing shorts. Yeah, you Skate know, shoes. and and not wearing um, necessarily you know Jordans. They they have on Vans. That's yeah. an interesting point. I think that's the same thing that the the clothing. That's what made the Shop Boys more accessible to mm-hmm. you know the the mainstream hip hop listener. I guess yeah. because they're still wearing the five X T shirts. <laughs> They're still, <laughs> you know, the lyrics are about the same shit, basically. Yeah. It's about hip-hop shit. But with NERD, they leaned into it. It's just like, mm-hmm. they're a rock band. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is, you know, it's like, oh, it's like us. You know, we can we can, we can can listen to this. Yeah. It's cool now. But, uh, but yeah, NERD was just fully just a rock band. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think uh, it comes back to video games. Like, the Tony Hawk video games introduced oh, a lot of yeah. black kids yes. to... Um, alternative forms. There were a lot of black people I saw were excited for uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah. Oh, I got the remake. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so I got it. I got like, it. there's there was definitely a um, they had an audience. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. At least for that, and I will tell you why. Probably this. Here's my theory. Back when Tony Hawk first came out, or before it came out, Pizza Hut had this promotion with like five, like it had five games on a demo disc. There were two demo discs. One of them, it had like Spyro. It was for like Xbox, wasn't it? No, it was for PlayStation, PlayStation. 1. Okay. PS1, okay. yeah, they had this promotion. So, you know, a black family orders a pizza, and then you get that mm. demo disc for free. And it's yeah. like, oh, what's this? And then you pop it in, you hear that Superman song. It's like, oh, this shit's kind of, <laughs> this shit's kind of right. I think it was like the only song on that demo disc. It was like, oh, this shit go kind of in. And then it just kind of like introduces you into the, you know, into the full game, into the, the culture, so to speak. Yeah. You know, creating, you know, Luke fiascos, maybe. I don't know. There. But just like making it good, more accessible. That's a good point, though. That's yeah. It's all about accessibility. Because that was around the time I was just getting into that type of music. And it introduced me to a lot of punk, mm-hmm. old and new. It's a good point. I believe it. It's just like before then, it's just, you know, and still today. It was, it was the white people shit, you know. And thanks to get on my nerves. I was like, yeah. come yeah. on, man. Which is why I'm, I'm, you know, when we had the realization, like, it kind of all comes from black folks. So Yeah, absolutely. So stop hating. <laughs> Learn your culture. Yeah, seriously. Um, that reminds me of one thing. I, I think it was the Party Like a Rockstar video. I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with Dormtainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were in the video. Wow. I believe it. I guess they. I think like they, they heard the song, and then they came up with a dance, and they found out the video where the video is being shot. They went down there, they did the dance. They're like, okay, we're gonna put you in the video. <laughs> <laughs> they put kiss makeup on them. They, they do oh, the dance, God. and you see in the video the guys in the kiss makeup doing a snap and roll. <laughs> it's the entertainment. <laughs> wow, I've um, heard that name in years. Uh, they're still around. Really? Yeah. They um they have a podcast too, and they've been making like these short, like spoof documentaries. Like they had one, 
it was based on the last dance about the Bulls, but it was called like the final dance. But it was about a guy it's like Michael <laughs> Jordan was named like Jordy Michaels or something. <laughs> and he's like he he had been prom queen, prom king, mm-hmm. prom king three years in a row. But he got sick before the senior prom. <laughs> And they didn't know if he was going to make it. And then he just shows up and he wins prom king again. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jesus. They make ridiculous skits like that. Um, so uh, I was trying to, I didn't, I didn't really look it up, but it was one, a term that came to mind and we kind of, kind of alluded to it. it, it was skate rap a thing like, or, or did that be, or do we see that, like you said, in like Lupe fiasco and, and, um, other artists like going forward with the the influence because what I've seen is that some writers have said that this album uh, was should be looked at as a significant influence on Odd Future and Kid Cudi, Travis Scott, and maybe even The Weeknd. This album, yeah, definitely Odd Future. Um, the others. Yeah, I always heard like with Kid Cudi more of like 808s and Heartbreaks. A lot of those, you know, he was he was born of something like that because I don't know. And I mean, I don't know a ton about Kid Cudi, but from the stuff I've heard of his is a little is a little more introspective and low key than this. Mm. Like, I feel like this album is it's pretty bombastic sonically. Like, it's pretty. It's a pretty loud album. <laughs> like, yeah. there's not a ton of. I think like maybe Bobby James is kind of a low key track, and Provider is kind of low key. But like everything else is pretty in your face. Like it's, and maybe it's just because I'm listening to the rock version of it, and I didn't really you know get a chance to listen to the full on um, original version of it. But I just I don't know. I feel like this is a very in your face kind of album. What do you think, Eric? Um, <clears throat> definitely our future. You know, our yeah. future, uh, the internet, all that. Um, Travis Scott, yeah, I could see it. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people. Like Travis Scott, you point more to eight oh eights and heartbreak. He's a right. he, he's someone who came from from significantly inspired by that. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think also with the, um, like he could be. I I kind of look at him also as like if if NERD were more emo mm-hmm. also, well, combined with Kanye's emo, yeah, you get Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Just a question. I never thought, uh, about, no, no, but I never thought about skate rap though. Well, I didn't I know mean, if that was a thing. I mean, that was, that was just a term I thought yeah. of. I didn't know if that was a real thing. Sure I thought, I thought it might've been a yeah. real term. I mean, I wasn't sure. Let's make it a turn. I know you have, you have Lupe and maybe. Would, yeah. you, would you put Anthony Hamilton in that bucket? Maybe, maybe. but definitely Lupe. I mean, I definitely Lupe. Lupe. Absolutely, Lupe. kick push. Like he was yeah. Anthony Hamilton. You mean Charles Hamilton? Charles Hamilton. Just, sorry. Wow. Okay, yeah. Like, sorry. Not, I, no, not Anthony, Anthony Hamilton. Hamilton. I, 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 I think I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Hamilton. I had to think about it for a second. Um, hmm. I I think okay. so. And then like probably the cleanest, poppiest version of that would be like what Chitty Bang and. Swayze, Swayze, oh man, the college rap, the the beach rap. <laughs> um, but yeah, the so or who do you do you hear the influence? Are there other artists you hear the influence of this album in? So a lot of the artists, like when I'm listening to it, a lot of the artists I hear the influence are. So I, I I had not thought of the internet. Mm-hmm. 
but I hear a lot of older stuff. Like I feel like um, it was kind of rap funk. So I, I go back to artists like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, maybe some um, some of the stuff sounds like maybe some um, Battle of Los Angeles era, Rage Against the Machine, maybe mm-hmm. even the Evil Empire. And even some Faith No More, although I know they didn't always rap, but they, you know, they were a very diverse band. I mean, hell, they covered Easy <laughs> by <laughs> by um, Lionel Richie. Um, that's kind of what I hear. I want to say some P-Funk, but they were, they lean a little bit more into the rock elements than P-Funk did. So that's why I kind of hear some of the rap rock bands. And it seems like, I guess, with the re-record, that was the 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 goal. Yeah. Um. They weren't quite Limp Biscuit, and I'm not saying that to insult them, because outside of Fred Durst, Limp Biscuit is an extremely talented band, and any musician will tell you that. Like that is probably, like of the new metal era, they were the most talented band. They just had a crappy lead singer, mm. um, so they're not quite that. But that's kind of what I heard. Like some Red Hot Chili Peppers, some, some, um, some Rage Against Machine, and then of course you know some of the songs were a little were kind of socially conscious, but. Like it's like if you took Rage and maybe made it a little bit more electronic, I could I could hear it kind of like that. Uh, speaking of the what the songs were supposed to be, like lap dance is considered a political commentary. Yeah, so apparently he's comparing. He's talking about like senators and things like like he's comparing Congress. Uh, yeah, it's about corruption, oh. government yeah. corruption. Oh. So even when you don't think it's about, <laughs> well, which is why I always say you can be socially conscious and still have a nice little hook. Because Absolutely. like it's, I, I think that's one of the lines is like politicians are sounding like strippers to me. And it's, they're saying like the hook, that's what politicians are saying. Like you can get a lap dance for free. <laughs> that does, like there, that there's no such thing as a free lap dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and they, um, and then with the song provider, you know, it's uh, a guy who, I guess, down on his luck or at the end of his rope, like, okay, I'm gonna sell drugs. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the song. Up, oh, time to sell drugs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, and there were actually I had I had never heard these. I don't know if you heard like they were actually like. This was the era where you put skits on the rap albums mm-hmm. on the on the albums. <laughs> there were skits uh which would kind of inform some of the other songs like um it was Shay in the uh, as the guy in the skits and he gets two groupies to his house or something and uh he gets one girl to convince the other girl to um be videotaped and so that and that that's one of the skits and that informs what tape you is mm-hmm. how that became mm-hmm. came to be and um i think truth or dare was also part of that there's a skit that would lead into truth or dare i do miss skits on right um you know i think it was truth or dare that was on dark angel okay yeah uh, I think one another song from this soundtrack was in the second Triple X movie with Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that thing for free. That was that was the end of the new metal era with that soundtrack. I'm not because of the soundtrack, but that was like kind of at the triple end. Triple X. I have not. 
I they did. bring them all back. They brought them all back. Like Ice Cube has a cameo. Yeah, and there's the, in these the other triple way. X's that like oh. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, like that was supposed. It was supposed to be like a bigger franchise. Yeah, yeah. And it just because if hit. you if you've seen the second one, at the end, uh, one guy's like, "Is it my turn to pick the new triple X now?" And then Samuel Jackson's like. Uh, it's like I got the perfect candidate, and then credits, and then we don't see yeah. another Triple X movie for like ten years. And they went back and got Xander Cage, <laughs> was, like, and then it was Xander Cage like, again. Please, that was, was the new Triple X, the same guy. It was Terrence Howard. <laughs> he was the next Triple X, man. Next time, baby. <laughs> Can't wait to help my country, time. man. <laughs> the things I'm gonna do for my country, man. <laughs> <laughs> Where the skateboard at, man? <laughs> Me the skateboard. I don't know why I watched it, but I just knew when I saw him riding a motorcycle in a wave, I was oh. like, I have to see this movie. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Like riding a motorcycle on a, like, I was just like, come on. Like, this is, this is Fast and Furious level. It is. Like, that's, I haven't seen the new trailer. Someone was joking. I've seen they the really new trailer. To, are they really going to space or is that just a joke? Well, I don't think they're going to space, but Tyrese does fly something. Some yeah. kind of vehicle, and he has a. They have like, and a, they have on like the on. space. So they're from, they're going to space. On. That's mm-hmm. that's it. There, <laughs> saw some TikTok video. They were like, when you're when you're the one character in the Fast and Furious that just wants to go back to racing cars. <laughs> 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 just like, dude, why can't we just go back to you know just? I uh, I follow this comedian named Sarah Benincasa, <laughs> and she um, she. It's she just started this after the trailer came out. She's like, someone's convinced me to watch all the Fast and the Furious movies because I've never seen them. And the reason why she never saw them is because uh, one friend when she was in high school said told her that the movie was stupid and she trusted his movie opinion. Oh. So she never saw it. But it, it's so weird. I, I know I know we're off topic y'all for watching the stream. But this is this is what happens sometimes. But I, it was just, they started off with robbing trucks uh-huh. yeah. for DVD players. Yep. True. And yeah. black Honda Accords. It, yes. <laughs> Souped up ones. But That's yes. what they were. They were stealing DVD players. The most expensive car they had because was at the time <laughs> <laughs> They were stealing DVD players because at the time, DVD players were like $1,000. Really expensive. Yeah, and I got that number from. I don't, you ever watch the show Smart Guy? Oh yeah, he was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, those are like a thousand dollars." Yeah, that rich friend. Yeah, like it was, <laughs> it was this rich kid who lived next door, and he didn't have any friends, so he was paying Jason Weaver's character to wow. hang out with him. And so he goes to his house. He goes checking out his room. He's like, "Oh, look, this is a lot of cool stuff." And oh, is that a DVD player? He's like, "Yeah, that was twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Back to video games. <laughs> PS2s got DVD players in yep. a lot of people's homes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, and the first thing I bought was the Metallica SNM DVD. <laughs> yes. I'm sure my parents were so confused. Was <laughs> <laughs> like I had um, uh, with the Xbox, I had to get like the, the little remote adapter. Thing. Mm-hmm. It was so like $30. So like, it was like buying another controller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, that they, they were just stealing DVD players, and yeah. it turned into taking down spies, international <laughs> no, take, incidents. Oh, I was like, all they know how to do is drive, yep, and fix cars. What like 
and family. Now they're it's beating crazy. up Ronda Rousey. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jumping from buildings. All right, yeah. but yeah, but yeah. So Man. NERD though, yeah, dope stuff. You know, like really, um, really great what, stuff. Uh, <laughs> start with you, Eric. What, um, like, because there are only three singles on the album: uh, Rockstar, Lap Dance. Provider is technically a single, but there was no video for it. I don't think. Um, what other album track did 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 you enjoy? I really like Tape You. That's one of mine. Too. Yeah, one of mine. I like Run to the Sun. I, I like a lot of this album. Um, Run to the Sun was a, a big one for me as well. This is Tape You. It's that classic, the classic mm-hmm. Neptune. It's like. Um, again, this is the, the Spy Mob version, but there, I, I'm to see if there is a the, the skit, the the skit that led into this. Uh, I don't even know what to look for. Never mind. <laughs> so it's funny too because that guitar sound that is clearly a, a synthesizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's another Neptune staple. Yeah, that synth sound. So you can really hear just a lot of their staples that they would use throughout their career. Absolutely. On um, this album. One thing I thought was that one, I guess I was trying to think of like, what's, what's the Neptune's like signature? I mean, it's in like the instruments that they use, but a lot of times they, they come in on a four count. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's the case on this, on this album. On this album. I don't think I heard a four count at the beginning of any of these songs. I wasn't really listening for one either, but they definitely... That's definitely one of their signatures. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that. Uh, ben, what's a um, another a track that you like that wasn't a single? So I kind of mentioned it. Am I high? <laughs> Am I high is a <laughs> Is, is like one of them one. is uh, featuring then known as Malice, but now no Malice. No Malice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is a good one. I found an article. Let me see if I can find it again. That had the top, what they consider the top songs, top five songs on the album. Bobby James was one of them. I kind of like that one. It's got a nice yeah. message, but I mean, yeah. I didn't really. But I think this was one of the ones on there. I really like this one. And kind of like Eric said, I like all of them. These are the ones that stood out to me that I favorited on my Spotify playlists. Because um, a lot of the songs, and this is what I kind of noticed about this album, they would get better as they went along. Like, I would start listening, like, oh, and then it like then Malice starts rapping like oh yeah, like, yeah. okay okay it's, it's getting better it's getting better um, and I think it's really once they started bringing in all the instruments and that's kind of that build up where it's like you know you start a little sparse and then as the song goes on bring in more instruments bring in more instruments to where it's just a much bigger production to, by the end of it and I think that's what I kind of like about that um, it's kind of so one of the things I used to kind of harp on the Neptunes about is I did not think that they were great songwriters. I did not think I didn't think they could write a bridge to save their life. But listening to this song has given me a different appreciation for them as writers and makes me wonder like where some of that went to when it came to production. Although I do know in rap music sometimes the term producer is a little overused because you're also sometimes the composer of the music. Or you're simply the composer. Or you're simply the composer and you just happen to produce the track as well. Um, I don't know how much because I, I'm and I'm just trying to remember how much of both that they do. Could be a lot of songs where they just didn't have their hands in it as much. Whereas on this, they're you know they're writing more. These are songs that they're writing. I think so, for a lot that they were producing, um, 
you know, for especially the, 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 the pop songs that they were producing, they were credited as like the solely, they were also credited as writers, mm -hmm. maybe the artists themselves, but there weren't like a bunch of other hands yeah. in there. Yeah, I used to give them, I used to, in my head, I never said this aloud, but I used to give them a lot of crap about, I just did not think that they were strong writers. Um, but listening to this has given me a, more of an appreciation, um, especially when I went back and, you know, and really listened to this and listened to, in, not in search of, um, Fly or Die, which was the first one that I discovered on my own and really started listening to like these polyrhythms. They're like really big into African beats on that one. Um, and then coming back and listening to this one and kind of hearing some of that on there on there, too. So they're they're a lot more complex than I gave them credit for. So, I, you know, I, I do have to walk some of that back. Some of my earlier opinions of them. Yeah, I think in this it's. I guess it's. Um, I don't know if you would call the progression from in search of to fly or die because. Spy mobs not involved in all at all. They mm -hmm. play the instruments. Yeah. With the with some guests, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so it's if you wanted to start with Fly or Die as listen to, listening to NERD. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it, but if you had heard that one first, you know it, it it's kind of hard to go back to listening to in search of because it it's different. It does sound different. Yeah. Um, either version really of it. Um. So, um, so I found that list. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll read it off. So, number five, things are getting better, which is a, which is a good track. Okay. Provider, number four. Mm -hmm. Bobby James, number three. Lap dance, number two, and Rockstar, number one, is what they had. And this was uh, theboombox.com. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was kind like, of because honestly, like. Well, things are getting better. It's the second track, right? That's the yeah, second, it's the okay. second track. Yeah. Rockstar might be like number five at best. I think Lab Dance is better than Rockstar, but yeah. that's just me. I think the energy that like Rockstar is has a a a bigger sound to it, but like yeah. Lab Dance is just fun. Like la I feel like Lab Dance is like is high energy and it just doesn't stop. Like it starts out and does not stop. Yeah. I think the appeal of Rockstar is, like I said, still in the midst of New Metal's run, and it was the it was the new thing. Mm -hmm. That's that's about it. Or someone thought, oh, this sounds better than Lip Biscuit. And <laughs> <laughs> God, I, feel, I I just I feel so bad for that band, man. Like Wes Borland is one of the greatest guitar player writers the last 25 years and he had to share a stage with that guy mm. <laughs> which he made them famous but yeah that's another that's something we got to talk about in the future get some yeah. get someone on that's because like he was he made that band but like if if they don't have Wes Borland you like, never hear from them well it's kind of like it like Fred Durst is the face of the band of course right. mm -hmm. but he's the weakest link yeah. Mm. yeah man for man that band is so talented and then you got him. Because <laughs> they had, um, who was, was it, DJ Hurricane? Um, DJ Lethal. DJ Lethal. DJ, but DJ he was from, Le he was part of House of Pain, yeah, right? Yeah. With Everlast. Yeah. Uh, so, so even though, like, you may consider 
House of Pain a, a one hit wonder. There was still talented, so he had been around a while. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed like he did minimal things. Uh, <laughs> minimal. <laughs> he did minimal things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I think with Rockstar being, it, it was like a, a good, great timing for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, I I normally skip that song. If I listen to the album, I skip it. Same. Oh, really? Yeah. It's all right, but yeah, I I get I. But part of that may <laughs> also be I've heard it so much. Yeah. Um. So this was this. I think this didn't chart very high. The album itself. I think it peaked at number fifty six. Huh. Um. I don't. Think yep. it's even gone. It. I think it went gold in New Zealand. It has not gone gold or platinum anywhere. But we wanted to talk about this because of the the influence, and this was kind of like how the the Neptunes as artists with the NERD project, <clears throat> how you would, I guess kind of look at them as their own thing rather than the Neptunes, which was uh, the, the sound of the, the, the popular sound at the time. Yeah. So I guess my question is like, how should we look at this album? Uh, if with either version uh, and how it, if it informs what they did going forward, Slow the question there, Greg. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to go first? Um, I will say that listening to, again, listening to In Search Of, after listening to so many NERD and Neptunes projects that came after it, you can hear current Neptunes. You know what I mean? And the Neptunes sound, like we talked about um, on my first appearance or, or second appearance, uh, <laughs> very, it's it's the sound of the 2000s. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah. It, it is that. You know what I mean? And, I think that I don't know. It's cliche to say it made like Pharrell and Hugo rock stars. I think that's I don't know. I don't, I don't think that I don't think that's even like super accurate to say at this point. But um, but especially like you know when Front came out, you know Neptune's yeah. presents all that. Um, definitely necessary. Definitely underrated. And um, and I think it make like I don't know. They're, they're just there's some shit. there's something you said there. What's that that can really add to this? Not just with the decade, but going forward. If this album made Chad and Pharrell rock stars, I think like for them as producers, now the now you see the producer's face right more yeah. often. That's a good point. Uh, n- before then, I don't think you saw the producer's face that much. I mean, you may have seen Timberland, but he was also an artist. I mean, they're almost nameless. You, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but you have to like be really in involved in and invested in and to, know who, they are, to yeah. know who the producers are like you know a lot of people will know who dj premier is what but, but he as he like as an artist with gangstar but with other things that he produced you don't really know yeah. unless you read the credits yeah uh but i think with with pharrell it was more Pharrell out there. Yeah. Like Chad, Chad was there if there was the NARD video, but he's not always in videos for songs produced by the Neptunes. Not all the time. Yeah. Uh, 
but Pharrellism are out there, and I think for a short time, the producer was also the artist, and you had to show your face mm-hmm. because that's what seemed to work. Not, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but that's <laughs> why we have Lil John also. Yeah, yeah. who he, some people don't even realize he is a producer. He's so out there. <laughs> he's just like. Yeah, some guy, people do yeah. look at him as just a character. Yeah, not realizing that he is. A, I didn't know for a while he was a producer. Yeah, I could see. I could see a lot of people thinking of him as DJ Khaled. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, some guys in all the videos. The dude that jumps around in the slip in Slipknot. D- or... DJ Khaled, but he actually does, <laughs> does stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, talented. <laughs> He's not just the guy who. Yeah. Did you say it was your brother-in-law went to see a show <laughs> with DJ <laughs> yeah. Khaled, like a DJ Khaled concert? Well, not a concert. He was well, opening but he for did Beyonce. A... Okay. Yeah, and he just jumped around How? and just <laughs> How? Yeah. Just jumped around saying DJ Khaled and just like for yeah, he said it was an awful show. <laughs> he said it was awful. Yeah, they went and saw him at um, I think it was at State Farm. Might have still been Phillips back then, but yeah, yeah. You think he just like plays songs or something? That I well, mean, no, I mean they had I the songs, do. but like that's he like the whole there. time. Just, yeah, but technically he's, he's not on any of his songs. Right. He's just technically like, DJ Khaled is considered an artist, right? Even though he's more like Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just slaps his name on it. And- or Silas. Well, no, Silas don't even get anyone together. Never mind. Bad <laughs> bad example. I'm trying to think of the DC equivalent because I just love DC. But there's it's not really a deep. Maybe Wade Eiling. No, because Wade Eiling didn't get people together either. I don't know. He's a Cecil Stedman <laughs> for, your, for your Invincible fans out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, oh, man. Invincible yeah. Cecil so Stedman's the guy with the, the scar. The scar. Yeah. Yeah. Get the scar. Yeah, All right. But anyway. Good. But yeah. Sorry. <laughs> So, um, what? I guess how how should we look at at this album? I'll start with you, Ben. Like, what's the as I always I always say, and I I feel like the, it's more cliche the more I say it. What's the legacy of this album? The because legacy. it is almost twenty years old. Yeah. So honestly, I think if you go back and listen to this, so yeah, you hear a lot of 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 what NERD um of what NERD or Neptune, excuse me, have done over the last 20-something-odd years. But then you also hear, and I don't, I have to be careful when I say genius unchecked, because I do feel that, um, I do feel that Pharrell is a musical genius. Him and Chad Hugo are are really, really creative. Um, I feel like on this album, they kind of got to do whatever they wanted, because I don't think there were big expectations for it. Like, as we kind of stated here, the album didn't really sell a ton. And I think it's just because a lot of the songs, while I do think that they're good writers, a lot of these songs don't have a ton of structure. And it was just like, I think if you have another producer, and this is kind of what happens when you when you produce your own material, there's no one there to say, hey, cut that back a bit. Like, that verse was a little long, or that bridge was a little long. And certain artists, you can see this, Santa John Mayer, if you listen to Insight Once Out, and you go and listen to Room for Squares, you hear where the producer was like, "Yeah, we're gonna cut this. You you, you don't need this." Or if you listen to, um, if you listen to like Third Eye Blind's first album versus their third album, where Stephen Jenkins was producing, he was being self indulgent. You can hear those things, and I think what you hear, and honestly, I think they have the ability to self police, but they don't wanna because if you listen to a track that the Neptunes do that they've done when they're being hired to do something versus when it's their own thing, they can they can show restraint. <laughs> When it comes to work with Britney Spears, 
They can show restraint. Hell, when it comes to working, with, they did a track with Madonna. They can show restraint. But on NERD, I don't have to because it's my project. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they might have they, they they showed a little bit more restraint with Fly or Die. And then the one that came after that one that wasn't as big because Fly or Die was when I felt like they blew up. Yeah. Like when she wants to move came out, like everybody was bumping and I don't that think song. That album is as good. It's really kind of not. I mean, <laughs> I like maybe that's my favorite song of their whole career, just because got you know Questlove on the drums, Lenny Kravitz on the guitar, but like I kind of feel like they're just like, what can we do? I mean, you got songs on here that were not meant for radio. Things are getting better. It's four minutes and fifty five seconds. That's not you're Too not long. playing that on the radio. Stay together. Six minutes and fifty two seconds. I'm listening to Too Bobby long. James, and I thought the song had ended. <laughs> Me too. And it was still going. Six minutes and twenty three seconds. So it's kind of like we don't have to cut these songs down. We can do whatever we want, but you know that they can do it because go listen to anything the Neptunes have produced, and it's streamlined because this is for someone else. And we have to. They they understand there's certain rules they have to follow. And they follow those rules. But when it's your own thing, yeah, you know, I don't have to. And I think they may, they may have established that by what they had done before. So, so if they're on the label as artists now, mm-hmm. you know, okay, you're going to bring it. We, we, we're we the producers. Yeah. So you're going to bring in somebody else to produce us? Yeah. <laughs> and I just really would have, like, I wonder, for instance, um, what if, what would Rick Rubin have done with this? Like if he came in and you've got them working together and it's just any idea is just a band and Rick Rubin produces it because Rick Rubin is known for like tight. Like he'll you'll write a yeah. ton of songs, but you're going to cut it down to your best. And, and they'll be for they'll be better written songs. Yeah. And they're going to be tight. They will be. They will. Maybe things will be fleshed out even more yeah. because he approaches artists, as we talked about, with from a, uh, a from a mental perspective yeah like he's not coming in there always and just do this add this you know you yeah. know with the music itself it's more from who you are as a person yeah and what you want to write about it's, he's almost like a like a guide and yeah. i think like he's, he's he's like a phil jackson yeah mm. yeah exactly and some <laughs> it's people not about don't x's like and that. o's necessarily yeah some people don't slipknot Corey taylor from slipknot hates him said he will never work with them again, even though he produced their most successful album, he will never work with them again because he said we paid him all this money and he would just come in, give instructions and leave. That's what he does. With that, it was funny, That's like, what he does. And we, we also talked about on, on that episode where when uh, Jay-Z was making uh, Magna Carta. Yeah, Magna Carta. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had Pharrell and Timberland and Swiss Beats. And I feel like there was another big producer there, but Rick Rubin was there too. Mm-hmm. There was, I saw this little clip of them working on a song and, you know, Timberland's playing all these sounds. Timberlanding. Timberlanding. Yes. Timberlanding. Oh, that's a, that's a phrase. That's a phrase. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, uh Pharrell, like yeah, there was another clip of Pharrell playing his sounds and Swiss beats, you know, then Rick Rubin is on the side on a couch with his shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, that's good, guys. It was like something like that. He was just he wasn't doing anything. But who's the executive producer on Magna Carta Holy yep. Grail? <laughs> Rick and that's Rubin. The, and that's where his genius lies. And I mean, like what with with Lincoln Park's Minutes to Midnight, he had them write like some insane number of songs. Wow. And then we just gonna narrow it down to these. 
And like, you know, there's like, oh, we just have all this unused material. That's the Rick Rubin way. And he's gonna, it's just how he works. And I, and it just made me think like he would have tightened this album up big time. You would not have seven minute songs at all. <laughs> probably would even have 13 tracks, probably have 11, 11 or 10. Yeah. I mean, even, even today, even today, 13 tracks is yeah. way too many, but, <laughs> and the album is all, but. This is this is this album is is ahead of its time, but in other ways, it's a reflection yeah. of its time. Yeah, and it's not a bad album. Like I don't yeah. want anyone to think that this is me insulting it because, like, kind of like I said, the songs didn't always start out the best, but they ended really well. That's what a producer helps you tighten up. <laughs> but if you're producing your own album, you think it sounds great. You're not yeah. going to be like, I need to cut this out. You're probably like, I love that part. And a producer would come in and say, that's a cool part. I know you love it, but, you know, it kind of derails the song. So just a thought, just a thought. Um, so with the with the the rock version, which is the I call the spy mob version, um, Pharrell wanted has said that he wanted to. He wanted N.E.R.D. to sound different than mm-hmm. what they had been doing as producers. And that led to the decision to re-record the album. And they um, they said they I I don't I have not heard any of these skits. I don't know where they can I don't even know what to look for as far as where they can be found. <laughs> um, but uh, this also um, the thing is, even with re-recording it, it's the electronic version of Rockstar that 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 blew up. Mm-hmm. It was the original version of Lap Dance that's on BET. But they still have this uh this re-recording um of the whole thing. So, I will ask this. I'll start with you, Ben. Do you have a preference? <clears throat> so, yeah, for I prefer the original versions while lap dance has a lot of energy, which is really good for it. I just, that snare, (laughs) it's that snare. Um, And it's crazy too, because I really do like the energy that the splashier symbols bring, but it's that, it's that Neptune's that patented Neptune snare that like, I think other artists started ripping off in the two thousands, which is, you know, to Eric's point, why they sound like they are the sound of the two thousands because people, I guess they like that snare sound as much as I did. And they started using it and combining it, like layering it with the hand clap or layering it with other things. But underneath, you could always hear that snare. Hell, I remember when I first started using Fruity Loops, that snare was in there. (laughs) Like it was it was in there. That's how popular it was. Wow. Yeah. Eric? For me, it's the the re-recorded version, but mainly because, again, of accessibility. We've been talking about that all night, but Mm -hmm. it's because that's the one that's easily accessible to me mm-hmm. it's the it's the one that's in my phone it's the one that i'm just you know i don't have to like hunt down on youtube to go find it or something it's just on the same platform um so because of that i've listened to it more and that's the one that i'm most familiar with mm. and as i you know i recall the other versions but i don't really recall them that much um and i don't have an ear like ben so it's just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i certainly don't <laughs> it's a gift and a curse more of a curse as of late. I can, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I I prefer the the, the spy mob version. Um, that's the one I paid for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I I enjoy the when there's live instruments oh, combined yeah. with synthesizers or other electronic sounds. That's what modern music is to me. That that's what it should be now, combining both. Uh, because if it's all electronic, that can it's either a lot of times it's really good or it's really bad. <laughs> Uh, not to say I don't like the electronic version, but like the question was uh, about preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like I like the live instruments being included, and you know I the thing is I could tell the I there's a there is a difference from hearing Spy Mob as the backing band and mm-hmm. then them playing the instruments themselves on Fly or Die. Yeah. While I like some songs on Fly or Die. I can tell, like, y'all just started learning how to play these yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on some of those songs. So, uh, I mean, it's no, it's no coincidence yeah. that the drums sound best on Maybe, which was played by Questlove, <laughs> <laughs> who is a legit, you know, really, really, really good drummer. But And that was it, like, yeah. the, the song, uh, She Likes to Move on Fly or Die, the way that starts, it just reminded me of, you ever seen that episode of The Fresh Prince, where we first meet Jazz? And he played. He he has. He's playing the drums. Yeah, yeah. That that's what that sounds like. <laughs> he's like, you're just playing. You're not. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you barely know what you're doing. Barely. <laughs> um. So yeah, as I said, this this album did not. Uh, it peaked at number fifty six on the on the two Billboard two hundred, and and the, I guess with the accessibility. It, it may be looked at immediately as as a rap album, as a hip hop album, yeah. but it's a little bit more than that. Absolutely. It's a lot more than that, really. Uh, and on that chart, the top R and B hip hop albums, I feel like it was previously called the Black Albums, yeah, pretty much <laughs> the Black People stuff. Yeah. Because with the, with Urban. the singles, with the singles, it was it was called Black, black singles. singles. Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. they didn't even try. <laughs> Jeez. But on that, it only peaked at number thirty one. Uh, and yeah, like it went gold in the Netherlands. That's the only certification it has, and that's only forty thousand records, people. Yeah, so we, that only takes forty thousand. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, there's a good interview if any of you get a chance to watch it, um, where he talks about though, like combining music, and the importance of combining music, and you know how we wouldn't be where we are today if you know genres did not mix and mingle. And I do think that is something that they've always tried to do on their you know throughout their career but especially on this album i think they were really trying to take these different styles of music and combine them together and i think in my opinion that's what really makes it ahead of its time and to hear him talk about it really lets me know that he really understands how to how to continue to sound fresh um and i and i think if anything that's yeah that's the biggest part of this album to me that he he purposefully he's like yeah I want to, you know subvert um subvert your expectations and subvert your expectations excuse me and mix these two things like if you like rap well there's gonna be some rock on it if you like rock there's gonna be some rap on it it's gonna be some funk there's gonna be this you know all this stuff you know he was like how do you think we got country folk I was like good point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. game point <laughs> to Pharrell who knows who clearly knows his history so yeah. All right. Uh, well, we are past the two-hour mark, of course. Uh, that will do it for our discussion on. Let's go for three. In search I'm of. <laughs> you got time? No, I ain't got time, bro. <laughs> My teeth hurt, man. I'm trying to get, trying to get to the dentist in the morning. 
So we'll get to my uh, my earworm of the week. Uh, this is a song that I got on my release radar playlist on Spotify. What's that? I don't think I've seen that. Uh, I guess from artists that you listen to mm-hmm. uh, or follow on Spotify, when they release new stuff, there's a playlist for that. So it's it's separate from New Music Friday. Okay, okay. Uh, so everyone has, if you have a Spotify account, you have a release radar account, a ra- release radar playlist that you can add, subscribe to, of course. And whatever artists that you listen to release new stuff, they uh, they make a playlist for it. So this was on mine uh, from last week. Uh, there's a, a British rapper named Barney Artist. Uh, and it, he... Uh, it's a new song with an artist, um, Mr. Jukes, who has been an earworm before. Um, he is the lead singer of, I believe it, the band's called the Bombay Bicycle Club. <laughs> I think that's Never the name, I think that was the name of the band he was in. But this is his side project. Um, and bomb, yeah, Bombay Bicycle Club. So uh, this is a song that came out last week. It's called, I have to pull up the playlist again. It's called Blowing Steam, parenthesis, open up your mind. I find songs that use the parenthesis interesting. <laughs> like it's, is it's this like, like a 420 like song? <laughs> it could be. It could be. It is 420, so it, it could be. <laughs> so this is Blowing Steam, parenthesis, open up your mind. Mr. Jukes featuring Barney Artist. And we'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, we vibe with it, open your mind with it, hoping your people understand and they find spirit. Remember people asking me if I would write lyrics, oh well, most would fail with the mic in it, might kill it, Barney with the hat finish, never shy with it, no L's, see your brother come and shine with it, oh hell, if they wanna come and try, rip it coattails, I ain't even gonna lie with it, when I'm on the mic killing, gonna have to find minutes, I've been going high with it, yeah, I'm gonna find mimics then, kill the mood and fill the full still the door, craft the milk, then we spill some more, tea drink that and then we sit back and then we put up our feet and make a sit track and i've been cooking for weeks i made a big batch and i've been pulling the seats i need a gift wrap ah open open up your mind open up your mind Okay, we vibe with it, open your mind with it, hoping your people understand and they find spirit. Remember people asking me if I would write lyrics, oh well, most would fail with the mic in it. Still, most that fell don't know the spell, I've been coasting for weeks, my bros are well. When they're slow and they're weak, I hold the L's, now we glow in the streets to show the trail. Well, man, they wanna try and flex with a G, I'm the next best if they wanna step in the scene, seeing what you wanna bark a lot at the dogs. All right, that is Blowing Steam, Up and Up Your Mind by Mr. Dukes featuring Barney Artist. Good call on that playlist. I just went and found mine. 
Yeah. If you have Spotify, you have one. Everybody has one. Not a 420 song. <laughs> At least not by the first verse. No. <laughs> um, Hold I, on. So this is a guy from the Bombay Bicycle Club? Yeah. Is he is he the one rapping or no? That's not him rapping. No, he not just, him he rapping. He did the song. He produced the song. Yeah. They really, dude. This is this is an English indie rock band. Yeah. And he's. <sighs> if let's do his uh, the album came out a few years ago called God First. It's mm-hmm. not a gospel album. <laughs> um, but he has a song with B J the Chicago Kid, Layla Hathaway, Corinne Bailey Ray. This is almost in the vein of uh, what the guy from Blur Charles did. Grant. No. Is it Charles Grant? It was the it was a guy who was like he became an R and B superstar in like his sixty. Charles Bradley. Oh yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, that the album is good. He has some with De La Soul too. Yeah, it's um, just, yeah, they just really have a respect for that. But it's it's like a that album is you know mm-hmm. it's what the kind of what this song is. It's basically like a an R and B. Neo soul, yeah. hip hop, all of that. Um, mm. So yeah, so you can check out that song and all of our other earworms on the BTT YHT earworms playlist right now. Subscribe to it, and so you'll you'll see what it has everything, 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 <laughs> all of our earworms <laughs> except for like two or three. But yeah. I don't even know what the other. I know there's like two or three missing. I don't even know what they all are, but that doesn't matter. It's like Netflix leaving this month. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, that will bring us to the end of this program. Well, this episode, at least. Yeah, not the program in general. Um, Eric, uh, we have to change some stuff because I, I don't I, I think you were still mean mugger 11. Yeah. The one with the last time you were on. Yeah, I'm sure I was. Uh, so <laughs> let the know, let the people know where you can be found only where you want them to find mm-hmm. you. Of course. <laughs> uh, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. Um, am I missing something? Not Facebook, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> any of that is uh, the Eric V. And that's the like Megan the Stallion's the even though I Two E's. didn't think about that as I was making the name. <laughs> but people definitely let me know. Oh, no, like Megan. No, but all right. <laughs> uh, anyway, two E's on the one E on my first name, Eric and V as in victory, you know, vice visionary. You know, whatever. Um, you can find me any social network uh, under that name, the Eric V. If you want to find me on YouTube, you're searching up Streamer School, and that is a series telling people how to stream better, whether it be on Twitch or YouTube or wherever they choose to be. All right. Uh, that will be in the show notes in case y'all missed all of that. Um, <laughs> and uh, it'll be in the show notes where you can find us as well. So, um, what song should we end the show with? Something we haven't played yet, because sometimes when we talk about albums, we play the whole thing, <laughs> uh, but we didn't this time. So uh, my, I vote for Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare is a good one. Mm-hmm. Truth or Dare from Dark Angel. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to end the show with Truth or Dare, Nerd featuring Khalees and Pusha T. And once it starts playing, there it is. Yeah. We'll talk to you all very, very soon. Peace. Peace. Yeah. I'm on the dance floor, burning up, music, turn it up, baby. I'm 
real hot, so is it my turn to touch you? Look like you're buzzing on next to 3D effects, baby, you Look like you have no clue of what comes next Me and my dog to be there Till your girl's prepared to share We'll play the dance of truth or dare If someone's standing there, stare, say Hey, baby, what's your name? Don't stand looking insane Do you wanna ride the train? Welcome to the fast lane If you're in love, well Out there.